The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop his six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in, this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Bang. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio, a.k.a. The House of Ass. This is James Boyd. <laughs> Here with Rich Lotto. <laughs> What's going on, man? Not much, man. Um, an epic day, uh, some some might say. Uh, you know, end of an era. Um, uh, you know, it's been, you know, see we I feel like we've done one of these before. You know, we've we did an emergency of one. We've done a lot of uh, them. in two thousand fourteen. When 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 CM Punk, you know, walked out of WWE. This is a little different here. Um Great show, and we got a great guest here. Someone that yes. uh, I, I wanted to get on One Nation Radio, and um, you know, I had uh, you know, shout out to Trish. Uh, I had checked out uh, her guest appearance on Tunnel Talk, and I started listening to Tunnel Talk ever since then, and you know, just reached out. And we have Leah from Tunnel Talk. Leah, what's going on? Hi guys, this is a good week to sh- to uh, do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know, anytime is you know. Anytime it's time appropriate to, you know, kind of pack someone up, it's a good time to come <laughs> on someone's show and just be like, you're be like, hey man, it's it's been the top, it's time for the toppling of a regime. Um, you know, I, I, you know, do we do we pull down the statue? Do we do we? Oh do, yes, you pull down the statue. We, we okay, all right. So you got to start there. Um, CM Punk has been fired with cause. From AEW by Tony Khan and the disciplinary com- committee, and also with the uh, unanimous vote as well from uh, his lawyers. Um, there has been a lot of talk about the things that have happened after the uh, or during the um, All In pay per view in Wembley, um, the backstage fight with or scuffle, whatever you want to call it, physical altercation between him and Jungle Boy. The uh, the things that um following that um and apparently there was a lot of just craziness that happened. It went beyond just a fight. 
Um, there have been talks and reports of CM Punk yelling that he wanted to be gone. Um, there was also talk that there was a, you know, Tony Khan, CM Punk, um, talk where CM Punk is dressing down a billionaire son, which sounds like the dumbest thing in the world to do. Like, you don't want to make an enemy of a billionaire. You know, you know the kind of things a billionaire has to do to acquire that amount of wealth and you want to fuck with their son, their legitimate son. It's not good. It's not really smart. It's not really smart. Um, There's something called like ninja money. Yeah, yeah. Erase your face man. of the earth. No face, no trace, no plates, none of that. Anyway, um, I got the statement right here. So yeah, if anybody yeah, hadn't hadn't heard it, it was yeah, like, yeah, go ahead and read it full, please. AEW has terminated uh, the wrestler and um, and employment agreements between Philip Brooks, CM Punk, and AEW with cause effective immediately. The termination was confirmed today by Tony Khan, CEO, General Manager, Head of Creative. Termination follows a week long internal investigation of an incident occurring backstage at AEW All in London Sunday, August 27th. Following the investigation, the AEW Discipline Committee, which I didn't know existed, met and later convened with outside legal counsel before making a unanimous recommendation to Khan uh, that that Big CM be terminated uh, with cause. Uh, Khan offered the following statement. Phil played an important role within AEW, and I thank him for his contributions. Uh, the termination of his AEW contracts with cause is ultimately my decision and mine alone. Of course, I wish I didn't have to share this news, which may come as a disappointment to many of our fans. Nevertheless, I am making the decision in the best interests of the many amazing people who make AEW possible every week, our talent, staff, venue operators, and many others whose efforts are unsung but essential to bringing our fans great shows on television and at arenas and stadiums throughout the world. James, I thought about putting that statement on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so, what, Leah, what were the first thoughts that came to your mind when you read the statement? I was getting ready to go to a barbecue. I had, like, food that I was about to, like, tape, like, put on a platter when mm -hmm. I got a text message that was, like, CM Punk's fired. And I, like, tr almost dropped everything I was doing to be, like, how is – I don't think that, that that can be true. And so I'm looking at it and just, like, I genuinely for fully 10 minutes thought I was being punked. I just had absolutely no faith that he would do it. And so – when I realized it was real and that he re and he was doing it before the pay-per-view, I was like, for for the first time in like six months, I was like, good for Tony Khan. Like. <laughs> so for me, my my I had a lot of thoughts. My first thought was, wait, did that say contracts plural? Yeah. Yeah. So apparently the rumor that he had a backstage role might be real. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's always been some speculation on why was it, why people had speculated because why it was so messy and because of what happened and it seemed like how, um, if you look at, you split up the pie chart on fault for all of this and what led to it and everything over the past year and change with CM Punk since the, uh, the issue at Brawl In, um, I'm sorry, Brawl Out, um, people were like, well, it has to be some situation that we don't know about that makes this comp that comp it's a complicating factor to why this isn't something they can't just move on from. And a lot of people speculated, like, does he have points on AEW? Did he get a piece of ownership stake? Right, like this is mm -hmm. making it so messy to untangle Tony Khan to untangle himself from. 
And then I think by the time people got to the part where they heard about CM Punk return for collision and they said Khan was at Gorilla or whatever AEW calls Gorilla position doing the CM Punk chants, like people were just like, oh, he's just, he's just marked for him. That's all it is. Yeah, um, right. and kind of let off, let off of that. But once I saw that contract, I'm like, hey man, that can mean a lot of different things. We don't know what that means. That could be he was a secret EVP we didn't know about. It could be a situation where like it's a sweet nerd for him to you know actually have health insurance when a lot of other boys don't. Um, yeah. we don't know exactly. Um, we'll, we'll never know because it's not our business and it's a private company. But it's just something that's still like they let it slip it, a little bit. It, they they didn't have to put that in there because you said yeah. that we got we got rid of him from the wrestling contract. We didn't know the public didn't know there was a, a second contract. There's people speculating on it, but it, it, they let us in on that one. So, um, I guess now they're doing transparency after, after a fucking Look year and that. change of not, give, not giving a shit. They want to give us the, 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 the you know, smallest bit. Yeah, they want to give us a piece of it. transparency. He did a media call before where he was like, listen, I love transparency. I love to tell the fans. I want to tell you if Punk is going to be in the pay-per-view because you know I love to tell you things. It's my favorite thing to do, and I just can't yet. And I was like, you're full of fucking shit. How many many months did I not know what was going on with that van? Yeah, like, I'm sure I can pull up the clip of uh, Russell Observer Newsletter when at one time most was like, he basically was like, throwing a history like, no one's telling me shit. Like what is this? And I'm frustrated. No one's telling me because everybody wants to talk to me. Tell, everybody comes out of the woodwork and tell me everything. But this time, no one's telling me this particular story. And, and big and big belts is mad. So you know, Meltz like, is like, hey, don't let, hey, don't let, don't let pull these guns out. Meltz was like, don't let right. pull these guns out. I'll come get you. So. <laughs> and immediately after that, Dave started getting shit, and Dave has thoroughly kicked the ass of pretty much every other journalist that that's you know been covering yeah. this whole thing yeah. and um if you keep it scoring you know, that yeah i was i was asleep uh and woke up and picked my phone up and i thought something was wrong i was like hold on he's fired what now i just lost yeah. my mind and i was like and then immediately i was like everything i've been holding back on twitter just being you know kind of calm and reserved about the situation i was like i'm gonna let it out and had, had to say, hey, this guy tried to ruin the fucking promotion. Um, this guy, you know, uh, came out here a year ago uh, with this premeditated rant, essentially. Uh, multiple of them. I, I always, uh, you know, along the, the track of this whole thing, I've counted. I was like, all right, when's the next meltdown? Is this the fourth one? Is this the fifth one? The sixth one? The seventh one? And it's just like, yeah, yeah. Like, this was a problem for a long time. And there's a lot of people that are coping, seething, and and making up QAnon level conspiracies um, that that need to uh, go figure something out inside themselves, and they need to um, you know realize they fucking lost. He lost. Y'all lost. Y'all lost to who? The elite. The elite beat that bum without even saying a word. That's the that's the part, right? Like you know, between both of our shows. Um, I think we've talked about this as far as saying like, hey, like you want to play this this particular political game, or whatever else you're playing by the old rules. These are th- this is These the the, the game has yeah. look here, Joe Gibbs. The game has evolved and changed. <laughs> like you were a genius, and yeah. Al. Uh, you want to call him Joe Gibbs or Al Davis? Which one you want to call CM Punk? Jeez, he he can be uh, Joe Gibbs. Okay, that, like I mean, Al Davis is like that's Vince McMahon. That's reserved for him oh, at all fair times. Enough, fair enough. Fair enough. You want to call him Chip Kelly? Sure. Yeah, Chip Kelly. Like, yeah, like your shit worked fifteen years ago. It don't work. It don't work so much. 
now, right? So ironic, just like his wrestling style. Ironic. Uh, I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on. I'm not. I'm, I'm not here to debate. I'm not here to debate whether or not CM Punk's effectiveness in 2023. I'm here to talk about the, like his effectiveness. His ass is effectively not here no more. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he uh, he tried to play this game. Uh, for whatever reason, he had his issues with whoever, um, particularly the elite. After what happened with Led Brawl, and I'm not going to rehash that. We we got old footage on that. Go to the YouTube channel. Go pull up. Go press. You know. Go type in CM Punk, um, One H Radio or CM Punk Social Suplex Podcast Network. You'll see all of it. You'll cover it, and you'll be able to see as we go along and follow all the stuff how we felt about it. But what I can tell you now is, um. Seeing that, I was like, wow, they really fired this dude publicly like three hours before a Chicago show. That's a go-home show for pay-per-view. And I was like, oh, my God, I never want to hear anything about Tony Khan is not a promoter, a real promoter ever again. He used this man for promo. He fired this man for promo. <laughs> three hours before this Saturday show, that's on the first week of, of, of college football, the first real week of college football. He's like, hey, I got something. He ain't going to be on the show. I may as well, you know, throw his ass under the bus in, you know. And say, hey, come look, come see what we got. Because you're going to have new programs get you to watch pay-per-view, right? Right, right, right? And, you know, based off of uh, what Tony Khan has been saying about uh, the buy rates for All In and All Out, hey, um, we were wrong about this to some extent as far as people were going to tune out on this. He's going to have to try this again next year because it was successful. So, yeah. am I going to enjoy it? Uh, you know, the whole idea of, you know, building towards two back-to-back weeks of pay-per-views? No. Um, but it, it's financially is it's proved that it's gonna he can do it again. He can try it again. Anyway, um back to punk. This was this was cathartic. Like Yeah, I, for I, a lot I of people it's cathartic. And you know, I've been I've joked about it with you a lot because I like teasing you because you know, you're you're the you're the elite fan on here as if we're not all the fans of the elite on here. So I, but I can I enjoy the part where like I still like both of them. See, as you can tell, I have a Pepsi here and I have a Coke here. Right? It's it's you know, you know, prop comedy. You ain't the only one. You ain't the only one prop com- with props, Rich. You ain't the only one. I got props too. Anyway, so yeah, this hey for for those that like you know for meme purposes, clip this. Anyway, so um, yeah, like I just thought that like they could figure out a way to coexist. The brand split was another try at that uh, for the for the other show, and then once it happened, it started rolling out. And I was like, oh, it, it was apparent to me like. This is a CM Punk show. CM Punk's gonna be isolated over there. He's never gonna. He's gonna be almost in the Cody verse, Cody world, like Cody was, and he's going to struggle and go down the card wrestling people that aren't stars and have big matches of consequence because he's gonna be wrestling the non-stars like Cody was. And CM Punk is aware of that, and CM Punk is pressing very hard with all these. You know, you can't even call them thinly veiled shots because they're obvious. He sprayed an X over the E in the AEW logo on the on his uh, championship that he uh, that he had. Like the people that were denying that, I I, I can't take you as a as a as a you know um, a person that's talking in good faith. I just can't. So anyway, like Punk is doing everything he can to get this to work, and then you hear about this this meeting between the Elite and. Uh, CM Punk for because of the the loof taping that had the combination taping that had Dynamite Rampage in collision together, and bo- both sides 
heard about there being a potential meeting and the meeting ended up not happening. Punk side is saying that like there wasn't any plan. The elite side is saying like someone asked him, Tony Khan came to about a meeting and they were shot down immediately. So there was never no ever plan. If, if, if there was a plan meeting, it's all, it's Tony Khan's fault, not them. And like, CM Punk's looking at that, and he's seeing the te- you know, cables co- or the college football's coming in. The rain's finna dip. They finna blame it on him. And we've seen people, you know, fold underneath the pressure of, you know, the ratings going down on their watch for a show that they're quote unquote responsible for. Like shout out to 2019 Seth Rollins, right? <laughs> so, um, uh, that uh, most recent uh, memory. So yeah, like he's pressing, and then you know you hear the story about like he thinks. He wasn't aware of the whatever situation it was with all elite AEW not having rides for people or, or transport for people out of the airport in London, which it is a bad look or whatever else compared to, you know, New Japan or any other place that deals with foreign talent or whatever else. It was a bad look, but he was mad about it and then it keeps growing. Then you have the, the Jack Perry stuff and then the fight and then. You know, all of this stuff leads the to the, this huge blow up backstage and then ultimately that's the end of them. And, like, this is all from the pressure from every other main eventer basically saying, no, no. And it, and he basically self-destructed. And that's where we're at. Incredible. Absolutely get ready incredible. for Get ready for him to come out at 30 at, number, at Royal Rumble, I guess. I don't know. Or he will never see him again. I don't know. It's one or the other. I'm, all, I'm only upset that the Young Bucks didn't open AW Collision by reading the Bible. <laughs> I'm only upset that nothing in Chicago happened. Excuse me. I shouldn't be the one upset by that. But <laughs> uh, they, they walked in that city. They walked in this man's own territory, right? And were there hijackings? No. Were, were there weird reactions? Not really. Go ahead, James. I will say a thing that's weird for me is like, hey, man, Adam Page comes out. He gets cheered. Kenny Omega comes out, he gets cheered. Young Bucks come out, they get the shit. I don't understand that. Can Leah, can you explain that to me? What is that? I mean, the Bucks have always gotten blamed for all of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, I think they're a lightning rod in a way that like, Hangman and Kenny just somehow slide away from things. It's because they're very annoying. Like, and I mean that in the most complimentary possible way, because I love them, but they're very annoying and can get, I think they're a really good face for everything that ruined CM Punk's life. But I, I'm not that worried about the reaction they got because every single time they've come to Chicago, the cheers have increased and the boos have decreased. So, and like, I think most of the boos disappeared by the time they started performing, you know, like by the time they were hitting those spots, they were, I mean, they had two ch- young buck ch- chants in Chicago the, the day he got fired. Like, that's cool. Yeah, what do you, your thoughts on it, Rich? What, what do you think that is? Uh, I think that is people tying it more directly to the Young Bucks than um, then the guy that the did the, the then the guy that did the thing that everyone grasped onto is the reason why CM Punk is justified to act like an asshole the last eighteen months or whatever. I, I think I think they see the Bucks as like these masterminds, and they feel like it's easier yeah. to isolate the Bucks from 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 Kenny Omega because like one thing you'll see a lot is like oh yeah we like Kenny Omega because like at this point like you sound like a, a psycho. Uh, buffoon loon if you're like either fronting on a wrestling ability or the character or like the per- the person that Kenny Omega is right mm-hmm, I get that um, and then 
but the young bucks there there there's a lot of things out there about them that either people think are true or not true or whatever um maybe politically maybe it's something that um you know like as far as like their their uh their frames like you know their stature and stuff like that and you know they got a lot of enemies I think um, I've I've always been able to to figure out like the the enemies like uh, uh, they've got a lot of common enemies with Kenny Omega, but there's something about the Bucks that just maybe because they don't feel like they can whoop Kenny Omega's ass. Maybe that's it. Listen, I have okay. a sleeper theory. It's because they're girl coded. They experience misogyny. You know, like people tell us about that. <laughs> I think that they get shit in a way that like people really want to call them slurs you know like they something like, the like about yeah yeah uh, you know it's okay. like they i think i think you know the long hair the not the the loud gear the prancing around the ring the like concentration on emotional storytelling the hamminess i think people girl code them and like you know and the things that mm. i hear people saying on twitter i'm like that is that is incredibly messed up. Like, if that's how you feel about masculinity, you need to go to therapy. You need to go to a lot of therapy. Okay, I, I get that. I guess I'm I guess I'm having a hard time in my mind, like because the intersectionality of that, like trying to think of like the things that people have said, terrible things they've said to Kenny Omega. And then, but they can also separate it when it comes to that dude's had some of those incredible yeah. matches, blah blah yeah. blah, blah hard, physical matches, blah blah blah. And then they compare it to like, I guess maybe it's the Young Bucks style as well that also throws to the like the when they talk about like the you know the luchas the lucha libre stuff, the influence like kind of throws into the like it's apparently feminine in gymnastics or whatever. So I guess I guess I guess now that I'm now that I'm talking through it, like I'm now getting more of I'm getting yeah. I'm, okay. I'm getting now what you okay okay yeah. And it's not. And I just, don't mean to say that Kenny's never gotten it. Like he's gotten a lot of right right. Shit I think people have gotten over it, or people but, just like talking yeah. up to like people are being homophobic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. It's just. But yeah. It, it, yeah. This, this day was a was a long time coming, and it was just incident after incident that just could not be excused anymore and it was just um you know i had a good time laughing at, at these psychopaths who can find no fault at all and what, what what cm punk you know ha has come out here and done whether it was um you know uh, going on tv and blowing up a segment uh completely to, to challenge a man to a fight that you know is not coming out um the entire scrum the fight, the swinging on people, the the leaking to the dirt sheets, the not showing up for the WD, WBD thing. They've got to scramble everything uh, when collision starts. Uh, and that's before you get to, you know, just what, what I, I talked about, the split in the promotion and, and everything like that. This guy <laughs> is it, a book should be written about this. And I can't wait until one is like uh, and this is a two year time time period and you know uh I, I remember one time i said yeah the whole um saga between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels that lasts about like 18 months and i think this one is going to last about a similar amount of time when the elite resigned and like they were like yo we ain't going nowhere i felt like the, like the clock was like so whether we yeah. knew it or not the clock was ticking on yeah. CM Punk he was like there's nothing i can do to 
win this. I thought like I would just run them out by by you know using these tactics or whatever, and the the owners are marked for me, and you know I'm booking this one show like we're going to do it, but it didn't work. And, and, and this guy literally, I think, went crazy. Um, <laughs> no one would talk to him. No one would work with him. You could it could tell. Um, Boys, I, I know. I you have Boys, out there on Revis Island. Yeah, he was out there by himself, and he was he was desperate. He was desperate, trying to like uh, cut promos off the air. To to, to these are cries for help. That's what these were. These weren't like um, you know. This was not the work of a four D genius. This was a guy being like realizing that he's stuck with three dudes. He can't really like do nothing with and a fake belt. So like, I'm. I hope they never mention that that real world title again. Just act like it didn't happen. Yeah. Scrub it. <clears throat> you, they got AI technology. Remember, remember that delete the elite stuff they were doing? Yeah, all that yeah. shit on yeah. all that footage. <laughs> yeah. Do y'all think that? Do y'all think they when security escorted him out, they took the belt from him? Send the belt back. You, you, you can't leave with the belt. That that's that's yeah. that's, that's, that's for oh, the they got to go to get. That's for the can't, you, can't, you can't leave with the belt. Well, or they got to send send somebody to his house. No, 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 no. We ain't finna do him like he Reggie Bush repossessing the Heisman. Nah, 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 nah. You can't, you can't, you can't. That's that's a little too. Look. Knock, and, knock, knock. And, and like you know, the hello, Mr. Brooks. You, uh, you seem to have an item that seems to be you know outstanding in this t- in this uh, time away from the company. You need to turn uh, that in. You need to turn in your laptop, you to, sir. Yeah, you need to surrender company property upon yeah. termination. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Freak and, and like. You know, people say, "Oh yeah, he's gonna jump to WWE." That doesn't surprise me. He was gonna—he went back to WWE first already. Yeah, right. I think the question there. is whether they're gonna let him, which they would be very stupid to do. I mean, I—I I, I think during wrestling war, they're gonna—they're gonna—he they're, will absolutely be involved in WWE uh, no later than the Royal Rumble. <laughs> um, but it's like you know, this whole <clears throat> CM Punk knows what to say. He—he's a great order. He knows the 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 um he or he he did know the the buttons to push verbally to uh you know tell everybody what they wanted to hear you know he made the jokes about the, the buy one get one free WrestleMania shit um there was a story that dropped today about him wanting to be in the Royal Rumble this year to to wrestle Kevin Owens in night one of the main event I'm like oh that boy's still chasing fake main events look at him um, and that's hilarious because because Kevin Owens don't want to wrestle with that dude. And who are Kevin Owens' homeboys? That's why he don't want to wrestle that dude, the Young Bucks. <laughs> like, like Kevin guys, Owens, Kevin fraud, Owens, man. Kevin Owens after having that main event. It. Kevin Owens after having that main it. event with Austin posted a picture of him main eventing or whatever else as a shot at CM Punk after what happened with the Elite thing. Like that was clearly what that was. And it was like, you think he wants to work with you now? No. He thinks you're an asshole. He thinks you're more an asshole now. You're fighting kids. Look, look, that locker room don't like him either. I can't wait bro, for bro, CM just, Punk. Th- think about this, right? We we talked about this for years. Or like, you know, I, you, I've mentioned this for years over the show, right? Like, we've been doing this show, or I think our 11th anniversary show is next week, right? I've talked about this ever since CM Punk left. The way that Bret Hart hates Hulk Hogan's guts I don't blame him because he made his job harder. Hulk Hogan made Bret Hart's job harder. If he hates that dude's guts forever, I'm okay with that. Roman Reigns 
if he were to hate CM Punk's guts forever, I'd be perfectly fine with that because there was no need for him to do the whole make him look strong shit over and over and over and indulge on it and then made it to where like it was obvious that he's going to or kind of like to most fans because that was the biggest news story at the time. Like he was going to win that rumble and they brought in Daniels or he brought back uh, Daniel Bryan. People were furiously through the way throughout Daniel Bryan. Right. And then look what, look what it took. It took them having to waste all of them baby face uh, main events for him to finally turn them heel to then do what he is now where he's actually the star they want him to be all the time. Right. Roman Reigns don't want to work with that dude. I can tell you that right the fuck now. Right? So, um, good luck over there. You know, be, get ready to wrestle Grayson and, Waller. And how many times has Seth said he don't, he don't want that dude to come back? Get ready to wrestle The Miz. Well, you got ready remember, to you wrestle know, remember, remember, he, che- he, che- he checked in with Big Miz the, uh, uh, back when he went to, the, uh, to WWE and Triple H, remember? Get ready to wrestle Austin Theory. Get ready to wrestle top dollar. Man, it's it's gonna be nasty. We'll see how this all goes, man. It will you know, as as the punk goes, uh we'll we'll be covering it. But um Look, this latest I, I chapter just, I, I just got one, one one more thing to say, like you lost. Yeah. It's a wrap. Holla. This man like, this all, man. all the old timers, y'all got to feel it. Jim Cornette, you got to feel it. Les Thatcher, you got to feel it. You're out here crying. You know, talking about, you know, the, the wrestling business ain't the way that it used to be. Good. You're right. Good. <laughs> the fuck? The fuck? <laughs> and it, look, and I'm glad that Joshi will be able to appear on Saturdays now. It's fucking amazing, all the people that showed up on Collision um, yeah. that... that that it was like six, seven, eight people that had never been on collision that magically showed up on Saturday. And I know it's a Berlin pay-per-view wall week. has been pulled down. I, Boy. I, mean, I had to tweet out. I was like, gee, I, w- I wonder who's going to pull up to, to this one because this is, you know, everyone's, get, everyone's getting looked. Shout out to the creators, the tweeters, everybody in the space for going out there and, and throwing up shots because we need, we need, we need to get some points on, on the rim after that one, man. It was for a lot of people, like a lot of the spirit of the promotion has been like in disarray, like on screen and off screen, and the, and the vibes have been off for like you know a year. And even if even if the shows were still very good or whatever else, or at times even great, like it was just like it just seems like there's too many chefs in the kitchen. And like even by just the the you know addition by subtraction theory, like that's one less chef out of there. It's one less chef. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> you know I think that's for I think that's for the good. Like I'm and I'm, I'm wrong. Like you know I. I you got the video, whatever else. I still like what Punk does. I still like his TV. I still like his promos and all that kind of stuff. He's still incredible at this. Like that promo where he's, you know, that promo where he's still like baiting and be- baiting and begging the elite. Like, please, please, please come take this program. It was incredible. It was awesome. So, yeah, um, shout out to him um, and the stuff he was able to accomplish in AEW. But, like, he's gone now. And, like, the backstage stuff was clearly disaster. He needed to be gone. Um, but... Yeah, like the vibes, you know, given last night, given that all of a sudden, all of these top acts all of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, that I had mentioned that tweet. I was like, all right, so, you know, Danielson, Moxley, CM Punk, I'm sorry, Danielson, Moxley, uh, you know, Jericho, Adam Page, the Young Bucks, like, are they going to make their Dynamite 
they ain't gonna make their collision debuts, and a few of them did. And I was like, this this was clearly they were freezing that man out. They were treating that man like rookie Michael Jordan in the All Star game. Don't touch the rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go get it yourself. Yeah. So is Chris and Chris Jericho is he? Will he be the Isaiah Thomas in this situation? I who'd mean, who be the Isaiah Thomas in that situation, freezing out uh, Punk if he's MJ? Look, I'll 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 just pick the person they think it is. Is Matt Jackson? How about that? Okay, that works for me. That works for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Leah. Any final thoughts on uh, on on CM Punk and how he's um, kind of impacted, like how you guys like cover the show and everything you guys have kind of like watch from him because like you guys are newer fans so like i didn't know if you had like you didn't have that same relationship with with cm punk that we did where we were watching him and like the early 2010s and some people even go back farther than us with with him so yeah the three of us on tunnel doc all started watching in the summer of 2020 so we had absolutely no knowledge and we loved him i mean you know we were really into like the mgf mjf program we were into you know a lot of the stuff he was doing the long promos where he was just like hanging out with the crowd got a little exhausting but for the most part like we liked him and then it was just like all of these stories kept hitting over and over that were just like everybody's fucking miserable and so like it gets like it like the the all of your favorites being like this dude is like really bad news it's really hard to like take him seriously or like get like let go of it enough to be interested in the programs. And I thought one of the most interesting things that, that that's coming out recently is that they're saying that the investigation was not just about what happened at all in people mm. were asking, like, how do you think his return has gone? What's his vibes been backstage? You know, raise your hand if he's persecuted you. <laughs> like, And I like, I just think that that's like a good sign, you know? Uh, 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 they got a file open on that man. Yeah, that file. Yeah, you talking about all you know? Ask all these HR ask questions like show 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 us where he touched you on the bear. Like, can you show (laughs) us? Can you show us on the? It it was it was a lot of that. I mean, it wasn't that, but it was like it was. They were like they were trying to get up, you know, because like that cost stuff. You can take it to court. Like, punk can go and go go to court and try and get his money. So like, they're trying to like you mentioned that file. That's real. They trying to get that for him. We're we going we to document every single interaction that went left with him to show, say, hey, do you see this? Do you see this list that looks like the Jericho list of holds? <laughs> like, they, this is this is the this is rap sheet. Run it up. Yeah. Look it up. Look, and yeah. they got cameras at Wembley. So it's like you, you ain't beating yeah. the tape. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care. There wasn't no tape of a uh, yeah. brawl out. But but, you know, brawl in. Um, yeah, man. It's it's a wrap, man. Like, and people got to take their L's. They got they got to get their back straight, humble themselves, and realize that it's all elite fucking wrestling. Like, and and, and get over it. Yeah. Also, that that, take that or take that shit that way. Also, that that security footage. Hey, um, that Jordan Poole, Draymond Green shit leaked. This shit better leak too. Look, there's no reason it shouldn't. Like, that's what I'm getting at. Look. In the grand scheme of things, the Jordan Poole and Draymond Green thing was way more important than this. Somebody's yeah. got to accidentally let that shit slip for right. you know a, for, a nominal fee. Yeah. So, somebody for a, nice, for a nice little bit of coin. Yeah, 
you know, like, <laughs> like what do they call it? Great British pounds uh, over there in the UK. Let, 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 you might not even have to do that, man. Man, get them a nice little, little uh, you know, meal to uh, Nando's or Nando's, what they be talking about, or some beans on toast. N- Nando's, Nando's. It's a uh, restaurant. <laughs> Look, dude, I'm telling you, y'all can get that. Somebody can get this tape. Yeah, you can get go yourself out there a nice, and work you, hard, y'all. Get this tape. Yeah, you can get. We want to see it. Yeah, you can get yourself a nice, a nice bowl of boiled meat for 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 for, for whatever that uh, whatever you getting quid. So yeah, go ahead and do that. Yeah, you know. Shout, also, shout out to Jeremy. You know, he you know he went over there and he came back, and I gotta you know catch up with him. This is a West Caribbean man that went over there and experienced that cuisine. So I, I know there's some Ooh. stories. I can't wait to I can't wait to hear them stories, Jeremy. If you listen to this, if you listen to this shit before I uh, before I ever talk to you about this, you got to tell me about uh, some uh, whatever cuisine stories you got because I know you got them. I know you do. I know you do. You Bahamian. You you got stories. I know you do. Go ahead. But uh, yeah, I guess it's time to move on. Yeah, um, AEW wrestling. Um, Rodman. Yeah. Uh, do you could you have quick stuff on Collision in the vibes? I didn't watch it, but uh, any, anybody? Uh, nope. nope. I, I I watched it. Um, okay. And it was like, man, they're doing some exciting stuff on here. Uh, actually, like there was <laughs> there was an Aussie Open match. Uh, I believe it was against Commander and Nick Wayne. If I'm not mistaken, I'm like, hmm, these guys don't seem like they fit the profile here. <laughs> I'm into this. Uh, you know, the Bucks had the had the save uh, for FTR at the end of the show. It was a Dax Harwood and Jay White match that, that was pretty hard hitting and a uh, pretty decent match as a main event. Um, and you know, besides that, you know, it was cool. Like there, there were a couple things that were that were going on, but like you know, nothing, nothing crazy. But it was a good show. Um, okay. But uh, as far as like AW All Out 2023, let's get to this. Let's get man. to it. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of the seminal shows in the promotion to history. Um, possibly the greatest aw show ever like when you consider the circumstances the the match quality the output like the vibes like this was almost the opposite that i felt last of last week's show and i like last week's show i mm-hmm. was just very concerned about you know some of the directions that, that things were going in with the world title and uh, everything like that but these people uh came out here to prove a point to the city of Chicago, to the AEW fan base at large, and probably to Phil Brooks. Like that, A, we don't need you, and B, mm-hmm. um, we'll go on your city, in your city, dance on the grave, and show uh, exactly like who the fuck we are. And they, the roster, they were they, they heard the, 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 the talk like about, yeah, this show is going to be awful on paper. Da, 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 and like they came out here and got busy. And it was like... Uh, the way the way they structured the card like was awesome. Uh, lots of star making performances in this thing, and it was just like really just one of the uh, like just all time shows I think AEW's ever done. And go out of your way to see this if you have not seen it. Uh, Leah, what were your uh, impressions on this show? It was really good. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would call it best the best, but it definitely I thought it was really good. I felt like all of the vibes were so much more improved. It just seemed like everybody's mood was a little bit lighter. Like every match just seemed like the, a lot of the matches I, I loved more than I expected. Like on the, when I looked at the card, I was like, uh, oh, there's not really, 
anything other than, you know, Kenny and Takeshita that I'm super, super, and Orange and Mox that I'm super amped about. But I I think I liked every single match. Yeah. Um, so for me, I can't give y'all, um, y'all gonna have to carry me on this because I can't give y'all a full review of this in a way that we normally do it. Um, it's probably for the best. But, I, you know, I was t- too caught up watching Florida State beat the shit out of LSU. <laughs> Um, so, like, I had, like, I had the, I had the, like, in the bedroom, I had, like, the the, the TV on, on the LSU game, but I had, like, the laptop on All Out with the headphones on All Out, so, like, I was kind of, like, doing a bunch, you know, this a lot, just, so. Maneuvering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, luckily, luckily, you know, we put that 40, or we put the 38 on, um, LSU, like, in the middle of the the Kesta Omega match, so I'd be like, that game's over. I don't have to pay. I can just watch the thing I wanted to watch the most this week. So uh, that was an incredible back, uh, back half of the yeah, match. That was incredible. I, have, I still have to rewatch it, but it was fun. And the matches I really enjoyed, like, I got to say, you know, we, we've, um, and we'll go and expand, but like, Ricky Starks, Danielson, that was great. That was fun. That was a blast. Orange Cassidy and Moxley, a blast. Um, the... The the eight the, the Quattro's match that was very fun, um the Miro match, at first it started it, it started like it was gonna be the, the pits and then it just got it just got so fun at the end it was so fun at the end, um, and yeah like you just look at all these matches and it's like, they're matches that like, on paper they're overachieving what you think they're going what they can do on paper based off of like what you think they can do as wrestlers together and their, how they match up and also like their chemistry and also like the kind of build, builds we've had and reason why I care about these people on screen. So yeah, I thought this way I'll kick the coverage and, um, can't wait to actually like watch this thing. Like I'm going to go back and watch this thing with full attention. Cause like I saw stuff that I enjoyed a lot and I, you know, the people I trust, like they liked it more than I did in a way it was like, I'm not good with multitasking. So I know I'm, I'm going <laughs> to throw on a rewatch and I'm just going to be like, Oh yeah, I get this. I, and now I get more of what I missed. So yeah. So, Leah, did you catch the pre-show? We saw Hangman Page mm-hmm. uh, win the Battle Royal. Yeah. I wasn't sp- – did- was he announced? Because I wasn't tracking any of that. Um, they- I don't think they announced anyone. We just kind of yeah. looked up and uh, saw-, saw him in the match. Um, uh, he was in there with, like, Aussie Open and Trent <laughs> yeah. and Mughal Embassy. And uh, this whole thing kind of came down uh, to Hangman and Mughal Embassy. Um, it was, like, Brian Cage, Toe Leona, um, and – that felt like you know a preview of something so i would yeah. keep your eyes open uh on that um, yeah but and that, um, that that will be like if they do a swear versus hangman i will be tuning into that big time. I, I think that'll be i will really, be watching really that. great <laughs> um but yeah um from there we open with the roh world tag team title match the better than you baby uh mjf and adam cole defeating the dark order of, of alex reynolds and john silver 14 minutes and eight seconds. I thought this was pretty good. Uh, Leah, you've been very positive on the Cole MJF thing. Help (laughs) us understand what, like, what are we not seeing um, Mm -mm. with these these guys? Mm -mm. Don't do that. I only only didn't like the match. I only didn't like the match. You hate the build. I've been okay with the the thing. I think it's silly, but I I, I enjoy the silliness. I don't, listen, I have loved this entire feud i've loved the pairing i've loved everything about it and you guys last episode i was driving from my house to my parents house and i was yelling back at you guys i was like discoursing i was like trying like i kept pausing to be like wrong 
<laughs> but you guys couldn't hear me through my car speakers, which is really messed up. Hey, be like that. <laughs> the thing that I would most like to ask you guys is, can you explain to me why you hated the all in match without or any of any of this without using the words WWE or black or bloodline? Because that is like when I try to get in oh. and figure out like why people hate it, they just keep saying bloodline. And that doesn't mean anything to me because I've never okay. watched WWE. Okay. But so, I find that like I go ahead. Okay, so AEW is a blend of different ideologies and normally it's for the better of it. People have their their ways of presenting their pro wrestling. Like Malachi Black's pro wrestling is different from Kenny Omega's pro wrestling is different from yeah. Eddie Kingston's pro wrestling, right? So it's a bit touches from different influences in the melting pot and they all, you know, find middle grounds of how to work with each other. Right? So the Adam Cole buddy cop stuff with I'm sorry, Adam Cole buddy cop stuff with MJF is a buddy comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's silly and it's goofy and I enjoy that because it enjoy because I I enjoy it for like the stuff I've seen in WWE when it's been done well. Right, like mm-hmm. odd couples or odd pairings that are that like find chemistry together, like Daniel Bryan and Kane and Team Hell No, stuff like that. Just like people that odd couples or people that don't seem like they be lightly fist, and then they make a mockery of funny stuff to find common ground, and then you buy into them as a team, and then they become a team, and you see them grow chemistry and build together and move on, and then they either continue or they break up because it's WWE. But like that, but that's move on because you said no WWE, but like that's kind of. You see, you've seen that a lot in wrestling. You've seen that even in you know WCW in the past. So, um, or in another example, like someone was like, you have one guy who is a bad guy and one guy is a good guy, and they're tagged together, and it gives you a lot of like Lex Luger instinct from WCW as well. Um, so, mm-hmm. but moving on from there, um, the reason why I didn't like the match is because the storyline beats in the match are so over the top that it's not even about the belt anymore and it's the biggest show in the company's history shouldn't it be about going after the biggest prize in your promotion and over and over like the storyline beats of the match are more or more focused on the will they or won't they nature of two grown-ass men two adults that can't like compartmentalize I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to spin my disbelief that they can't part, can't compartmentalize. This is competition. We can be friends or not at a later time, at a later date, because we're adults. I think where I disagree with you guys is that I didn't read any of that. Is that they couldn't? They didn't want to compete against each other. It's that they didn't want to. They didn't want to screw each other. They didn't want to. They didn't want to cheat. They didn't want to. They were trying with all of their heart to make this a like, you know, a um, Danielson Mox match, you know, one of those like matches of respect and they couldn't do it because they're both snakes. They're both emotionally unhealthy snakes. And to me, like, I don't give a shit about the belts. I think that a lot of the storylines are way too resistant or reliant on. I want the belt. He has the belt. So we're going to fight about it for six months. That gets boring to me. I've seen that a million times. I've never seen this where two guys are fighting against. These are two scorpions going across the river. There's no fucking frogs. It's just the two of them. To me, it's so it's so 
novel and interesting to be like really you've never i want to meet you i want to meet you in this circle of respect i want to be able to fight you in a way that a friend would fight somebody but i don't know how because i've never done it before and i'm trying as hard as i can but i have no tools i have no history i've never not cheated that's 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 what i see when i watch it and that's what thrills me okay so you listen to our show regularity. Yeah. Do you ever yeah. watch any of the Stardom stuff? No. Okay. No. That, that that's a, that's the wheelhouse of Stardom is like relationships of friends fighting each other. They don't know how to handle their emotions because they're so overwhelmed with all these all these complicated feelings of whatever. So like for me, it's like that's that's as run of the mill as the belt is the most important thing, and also like what are we fighting for? If we're fighting for we can't handle our emotions. I, therapy, bro. Check it out. Try it. Right, like I, I didn't, I didn't like a lot of the work, uh, just in the match itself. Uh, yeah, some of it felt rather soft, rather, um, like I felt like you know there there are similar type of stories. Like I think um, a lot of the times when Kenny has to wrestle the Young Bucks, and then uh, whether it's team with Kota Ibushi or team with Heyman Page against them, I feel like they have those smoke done those. these things. Yeah, like those this, I those like matches in particular smoke that. Yeah, it and it's week. like there, it ago. seems like there's you know that conflict. Uh, it seems like there's like that that athletic aspect that's like almost unfuckwithable. Um, and I think the wrestling just flat out like smokes it. And then that's before you get into like the tropes of the ref bumps and uh, people doing run ins and and everything like that. And I was just like. I guess I wanted something different. I, I was just like looking at the stage with Wembley, and I, I didn't feel like it fit. Um, you know, that that kind of grand atmosphere while I'm watching um, pretty much all, all the other like great singles wrestlers uh, tied up in multi-man matches underneath them. And I'm just like, I'm looking at this thing from a more like a wrestling analyst thing rather than, yeah. you know, just getting into the stories and all that. But it just didn't fit for me. And um, and I feel like I've, I've seen the style done better. Yeah. yeah, that was the main thing. And also the part where it's like, I get it, you're baby-facing, or it's a continuation of the match, is like the full-on uh, declarative baby-face statement of MJF. Uh, and Adam Cole is like, being the heel the whole time, where he's taking every shortcut in the book, MJF is not. And then ultimately at the end, when MJF, or when uh, Cole actually has a chance to actually like execute all the shortcuts he's took by like blasting him with belt. He doesn't in the show of return, like what happened with MJF or, or when Cole could have done it after, at that collision show is like, they end up friends together. Like I like the story that they're still friends and all that kind of stuff. I just think there was like, well, like just, just still be friends. Just fight each other, screw each other over. Like I, I w- honestly would have enjoyed like if they both start screwing each other and then like, the, it's like them, they acknowledge it like well you got me we like, respect because we're both because like, we're both right because we're both you know there's no there's no honor amongst thieves and i get it because because it's you like i feel like that's a better story of like one of them finally screwed each other the most, the most and like that's the reason why they won like the person that was actually that took the most shortcuts lost yeah. like i feel like better story is like they're both they're both scorpions and the one that was the bigger scorpion actually won i feel like that's actually the better story because like they're both your scumbags but yeah. it just it, a lot of it was just like so much stopping and pausing 
and doing the storyline beats of looking into the camera, doing the dialogue and talking along with that. It's just like bad pacing of like, we're doing this, like we're going, obviously it's MJF and it's Adam Cole. They're not going to wrestle at the Kenny Omega Takeshita pacing or whatever else of like, just boom, 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 ping ponging. But it's also just, they're doing their stuff at a slower pace because they're going long. And then they're slowing down to sell injury, sell whatever story beat, go to the next thing, and then pick up the pace again. And then they go back and fall on the ground or someone's out doing a 10 count tease or whatever. And it's like, a t- you're doing a 10 count tease, Adam Cole, where you can't win the belt on a, on a, on a 10 because of the championship advantage in his American pro wrestling. Like, that's dumb. I thought you, if you're taking the shortcut to win the belt, why are you taking a count out? You're not going to get the belt. What was happening? A lot of this stuff just was like a disconnect of like, it was like world. If he's taking the of. shortcuts to win the belt, like for example, he did this against Gargano, but it was for the vacant title. So if he had won by count, he would have won. That makes sense. This one was like the winner by count out is Adam Cole, but the champion is still MJF because Adam Cole, the dumb motherfucker, forgot the rules of pro wrestling. It, it, it was a just. It they, was a they lot also of, had it, the part. It they just, also had the just, part where where, where they just, ended the match, like, they, and it was just like, oh man, we ain't need this. Like, there there was a lot of like pro wrestling elements of yeah. it that I, that just like, just I abjectly reject them. Like, there there are th- <laughs> there are things that like, if there were one or two parts of it, or less of it, I would like I would liked it a lot more. But when it's all thrown together, it's just like it seems so heavy handed. Like the idea that. They go to the double clothesline for the for the draw, and then they restart the match because it's a play on when it went to time to draw and Cole asked five more minutes. And then, and at that point in time, MJF is like, "No." This time he says, "No, we're not doing it. We're going until someone wins." I like that. Not after a match where like I did not feel like you guys exerted the amount of energy that would have taken both y'all out on the double clothesline. Like this was not Shuri and Utami being being the shit out of each other for thirty minutes and then going start then going to opposite corners, restarting the match, and then blasting each other to to near death in um you know exertion of will in a double knockout for thirteen minutes after that. It just wasn't that. It was like I'm sorry, I've just seen it done so much better in so many other places. I just. E for effort, but no, nah, man, not for me. Just not for me. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we digress on this, man. We were talking, Look, we were reviewing the match again. <laughs> Sorry. I know, I know, but, um, I know. I did it to you guys. I brought it up. I mean, I think that this is a better, this is an explanation I can understand better, but I still disagree with you. What guys 1000% because all of the stuff that you hated, I was like, I was on my feet for it. Fair like, enough. I was like, I was losing it. I was so like, I don't think I breathed during that match because I was like, are they going is like, are they going to pull it off or are they going to end up sneaking each other? And I just, it's so interesting to me that you guys would have rathered a outcome where they were just bad guys, because I'm like, it's way more rich to me to watch them struggle. Right. But, but it's pro wrestling and it's a soap opera and you know, eventually one of them is going to knife the other one. It's inevitable. Yeah. But I've drawn out for a while. I want to hear, I want to feel it draw out. But you know, for me, I want, it's like I want these people to take me to hell. Like I right, want to be tense for weeks. But but I, I guess my thing is like, what better timing to do it than on your biggest show ever? But that's I mean, but isn't that like the whole problem with the whole all in builds? Like, yeah, all of this should have started three months ago. Like a lot of this should have. Like I think a lot of the pacing. I like I can't. 
to start there and be like, this should not, have, this should have started weeks ago. Like, yeah, it should have. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what Tony's been doing. Yeah. Well, well. he's in, he came out, he, you know, <laughs> you know he's, he's occupied. Going through, you know. Big he, CM he, was, was running wild. Punk, he going to the bathroom and then this starts a cycle. Like, he got to go to the bathroom and then he got to go back to yeah. talk to CM Punk and then he got to go back to the bathroom because he's dealing with CM Punk and then he got, and, yeah, man, like, and then CM Punk's like, why you keep going to the bathroom? You know I'm straight ass. Stop doing this. It's a, it's a lot of going, it's a lot of, it's, a, it's, it's been a lot. It's been a real tough time for Tony Khan. <laughs> so, they have this match uh, with the Dark Order, and MJF um, immediately goes into meme mode. Yep. Um, <laughs> and yep. he get he does the fake injury deal, and uh, Cole's yep. wrestling these guys um, the whole match. A lot of people were upset the Dark Order were in this match. Um, I think the Dark Order has been the like constant staple of this promotion, yeah. and guys with like a lot of very big moments um, and great wrestling to their names. So. Um, you know, it's perfect right in the opener of the show. It's not like this was the main event or anything. So, right. um, and it's know, for the I, ROH I titles. The, the, like the Dark right. Order can't challenge for the ROH titles. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, but this right. was, nobody. This was cool. I mean, they weren't going to lose them this early. So it's like, who did you want them to fight? Right. Right. Um, lot, lot of, lot of house show. The, the house show meme uh, playbook yep. that that Cole and MJF are running here. Uh, I, I did Wrestling like the shirts that they had. Doing all the stuff that's like, okay, you're not actually trying to like show show off like your athletic, you know, prowess as professional wrestlers. You are in here to like be hams, tell a goofy story to continue your story and move on. And you know, it accomplished that. Wasn't for me. I was like, it also is at a bad point. Got to say, be honest with you, get straight up. Like, at the first half of that game, Florida State and LSU, when Florida State is out here continuing to run the ball and bad run fits uh, uh, or whatever else, I'm just like, this is so dumb. This is so dumb. So, like, I'm sure that affected it. But, like, for me, like, I'm just, when they do the house show wrestling t-shirts thing, I'm just checked out. I was like, they're not, going, they're not trying to wrestle for me. They're wrestling for y'all. So, <laughs> that's more than wrestling for y'all and it's over so I, I i'll allow it but like it ain't for me yeah, the promos I, and stuff I, is like the storyline is it like the matches aren't look i like this match better than the all-in main event <laughs> just saying you know that's nasty they had a great worker like john silver in there to lead them you know so. mr mr <laughs> mr maxwell jacob don't kill yourself uh, for these Mark fans that think you're disposable. Meanwhile, in Wimley, I'm going to take a brain buster on the Still Steps Freeman. Uh, <laughs> I, we didn't talk about that last week, but yeah, he is like, bro, you you do second row tombstones. Get the fuck out my face about this. Think about big high spots and tell, telling people tisk yeah. tisk. Anyway, um, yeah, so I just end, uh, I thought the match was end. good. I thought the match was what it was, and it was just like. Something that could have been on dynamite or whatever else. They they end this and then uh, Samoa Joe is like immediately darting out for for his thing. I was like, all right, because I've seen them do this and like nothing's happened before. But mm-hmm. MJF's walking up, gives him the bump, and immediately I'm like, ah, it's the callback. And then all the <laughs> engagement farmers uh, went ahead and sent the videos out uh, referencing the, uh, the NXT history there. And, I didn't know um, it existed. Oh no. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's now um, that I know, I still don't care. Yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. He was just an extra. It, it didn't it didn't mean anything back right. then. So, um, 
he he runs back out, uh, and they basically recreate the CM Punk Jack Perry brawl, like <laughs> as a as a rib, and I'm I'm dying laughing, like I'm I'm in this chair right here, and I'm like leaning back, knee slapping laughter, like Joe Johnson, and it's just like. <laughs> And Flip Murray, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but it's That's like a deep cut. Yeah. Um, these guys uh, had tons of geeks assemble. All, all the other refs came out. Extra wrestlers. Pat was out here dressed terribly up. again. Yeah. So so just like CM Punk, um, Samoa Joe had to um, go into a, a match after getting in a fight. <laughs> yeah. So, um thoughts on the matchup aside from like you think they're gonna be great promos because they're both great promos good promos guys of course they're they're probably gonna like cut great promos on each other and i think there's a there's something interesting because mojo is the one that originally put roger strong in the neck brace so if they're able to tie that in somehow that may be pretty interesting yeah okay yeah, that's in- yeah, that would be that would be really good. I I mean, I again, I never watched WWE, so mm-hmm. I have very little history of Samoa Joe and he's given very few promos on Dynamite since he started. I barely mm-hmm. seen him talk. So this was like the first hint of like personality, like just the idea of him doing like this whole Jack Perry rib made me laugh harder than I think he's ever. And so I was like, good, I'll watch this. I'll watch this promo. I'll watch, I mean, I'll watch yeah. this program. So I hope it does happen. Yeah, Joe's one of the greatest talkers ever. Joy. Joe, Joe's one of the greatest talkers ever. Joe. Like you'll like you'll see eventually when it comes to this. But the thing with me is just like Joe just lost at Wembley Stadium in the opener to CM Punk, who just got fired. He now he is now in the main. Now he's in the the title picture because he bumped somebody and he just lost his big match a week ago. Bring back the ra- bring back bring back the rankings. I'm I, I'm yeah. sorry. CM Punk is gone. Bring back the rankings. The coordinateism, yeah. all that shit is gone. Bring back the rankings. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. It made you say what you want to about this person. Blah 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 blah. He's in the rating here. Whatever else. When they got it to a certain level, they would have a big loss and they go back tumble back down the rings. They would never get their title match. Whatever else. Yeah. Or if they went outside of whoever the top five was because there was a storyline reason for this. I'm sorry. Getting bumped going up the aisle is not a good enough reason to be a fucking uh, title challenger. That's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think they... Here's why I think the rankings ultimately left. One, <laughs> we've seen how the wrestlers reacted to them. We've probably seen lots of people backstage uh, saying this doesn't make sense because this isn't like anything they've done in their career. And obviously the fans couldn't handle it because it was just like constant, like just hand wringing about about every piece uh, of a ranking. I'm like, man, do y'all it never have y'all never every watched every year? Bo- it's not that hard. I'm like, have y'all never watched boxing before or like, you know, or MMA college or football or- where there's new rankings every single year because that, that reset every single season? And and it's like yeah man the, the they don't have to wrestle the number one person all the time they can fight like number five they can fight like number six or something and yeah. then you know but it, it was I think it was a lot for people to handle they they weren't emotionally prepared um, to deal with such things <laughs> but we got a uh, Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor up next with our always television title match apparently Shane Taylor won a tournament uh, in Ring of Honor uh, Eliminator tournament to get to Samoa Joe here. Neat. Um, it's Ring of Honor. Let's move on. <laughs> I did not watch that tournament, uh, but you know I was happy to see Shane Taylor get a shot here, and uh, he's he's a guy that can um, 
you know, he can get in the ring and do some things. And I, I thought they had a nice uh, big guy match. I had no idea this would not be the best big guy match on the show. Um, <laughs> you know, when I look at these on paper, I would have thought this would have smoked the other one. However, it did not. But um, this this was a cool almost seven minutes, I think. Yeah. I saw uh, what it was. I was not liking the the part where, like, once he bumps MJF, is also a foregone conclusion he's winning. Even more of a foregone conclusion. We, we knew it was, he was, he was going to win anyway. He's like, okay, so, like, he just went from, you know, like, a one in a million to one in a billion. Okay, the multipliers just added up like crazy. It's just, wow. Uh, so... It was a match. It happened. Joe won. Moving on. Now, yeah. now to the main event for, for Samoa Joe. Awesome. For, he went from the opener to the main event in one week. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Off, after losing to a motherfucker got fired. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I came, agree and with I someone in like, your chat. And I, sorry? I said I agree with someone in your chat that it doesn't make any sense, but I don't care because I want to see it. Let's ride. <laughs> Do what you want, you pop it. I guess whatever, man. I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting like, do, 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 do things not mean things anymore? I'm just like, what, am I going crazy here? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, what was the next match, Rich? We got the TNT title match between Luchasaurus and Darby Allen, and my fucking yes, god, this was this epic? Oh my god! Pepe, we started yeah. here for me. Yeah, yeah, L- Leah. Um, can you tell me like what what you make of of Christian in, in this whole um you know the, the carrying the belt thing and then you know the match here with uh Luchasaurus and Darby Allen? I miss part of this setup for all this because a lot of it took place on Collision, so I actually didn't know. I, I kept forgetting that Luchasaurus had the TNT belt for a little while. I mean, he but... don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he do, but he don't like. Yeah. Like he's like yeah. Red and Friday. He's like, hey man, you know, I, you know, it, it's both our it's both our bikes, but you know, you just keep, you know, I just want to try to keep it over at my house. And, and then like Christian's like, nah, we I ain't going for that. The beach cruiser stays here. Yeah. Um. I I, I sent a tweet out that said, man, I might have to start the don't count out the dino um tweets. Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm you know, I usually talk about Chris Jericho, and this is the first um pay per view that Chris Jericho did not appear on uh, in yeah. AEW. Uh, yeah. Which ends like a long streak going back to the start of the promotion. Well, to be fair, it was a ring, it was mostly a ring of our pay per view, so that's why he just went on. And he's like, "Look, I mean, I, I did that one time, I lost. <laughs> not doing it again. I'm not doing no more jobs for ring of honor. We're done with that." But um, yeah, this I, I thought this was sensational. Um, and the last time Luke Swords won a real big match with this was, I believe, against Jungle Boy, yep. and that was excellent Cage too. Match. So like. Um, this was like a new level of monstrosity from him. The multiple tombstone power drivers, like it felt like it felt Undertaker ish, like like the great version of Undertaker. Well, he's dressed um, like Kane. Yeah, like it's um I think this is I I thought Darby would win, but he pretty much like destroyed Darby. Uh, yeah. and yeah. It, yeah. In a way was, that I was like almost concerned at times. I was like, someone needs to help him. He looks he looks bad. <laughs> He's fine. He he does dumb skate like <laughs> crashes to himself. So this is <laughs> um, he. So 
I, and just to mention, like, just to bring circle back to the thing I said, like, he's not dressed like Kane. He's like his imagery is Kane esque. So that's for mm-hmm. people to be like, he doesn't actually dress like Kane. He's dressed like a dinosaur. Yeah, yes, I, I know, but like he comes out <laughs> with the fire and black and red. Fuck, you get what I mean. And he has, now has organ music when he comes out. Yeah, it's Kane. Um, yeah, uh, I thought the end of this match was like this was like get out of your chair stuff. Like it was great. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that it took a minute for the crowd to get into the story they thought it was going to be a more back and forth match between a dude to wait between a you know a a bantam weight and a heavyweight <laughs> a bantamweight and a super heavyweight but um once they realized like it's going to be the the, the the story of you know like Darby is going to go through hell but he's going to get there yeah. and when he gets there it's going to be spectacular and once the crowd realized that was a story they were they were being they were with it and it was it turned it around um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, if you gave this four stars, I would not be mad at you at all. This is fun. Yeah. Very fun. Yeah. And Christian on the outside, just ordering Luchasaurus, just like screaming at him. And that tone was just so perfect. He's really nailing this thing where he's, he's basically using Luchasaurus as like a junkyard dog. It's like really good. Yep. And then you got to worry about when the junkyard dog eventually bites back or if yeah. do that because like. I think they know how limited the Luchasaurus, uh, how how low his ceiling is as a singles. So they have to be very careful of what they do with him after this. Um, because like once they once he breaks from Christian, he's gonna need a mouthpiece, or he's gonna have to yeah. come up with a character, whatever else. partner, something. Yeah, to have yeah. personality and this kind of hiding where it's like, oh, he's just you know he used to be just the almost like the Groot of the group. And like from uh, well, Rich, Rich doesn't know what Groot is. He doesn't watch Superman. Like, so, like it's a clique of people, and like there is a living tree that just is like almost like a child, and just only says "I am Groot" to him to say everything. Almost like a Pokemon, where like Pokemon oh, always man. says her name. He fair, says "I am Groot" when he talks, and he's and, played like, by Vin Diesel. Yeah. So. so based off his inflections when he talks and his and his facial expressions, you know what he's saying without knowing what he's saying, right? Yeah. Um, the way he reacts to stuff. So like. It, that's kind of what he was in, you know, with, with Jungle Boy. Now he's just a monster. He's just a, he's yeah. Frankenstein's monster in Christian is Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like a darker... Do I have to, do I have to explain the, the Frankenstein lore to you now or no? Nah, okay. I, 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 I get that. <laughs> Listen, how you... Because sometimes you're like, some of this ubiquitous shit just be like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. Like, God damn. <laughs> Rap, um, basketball, wrestling. Like... <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons on Nickelodeon. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think this is like a darker, like more like gritty version of the MJF Wardlow thing. You know, like MJF yeah. was basically hamming it up with Wardlow, but it yeah. was the same beats. And yeah. I, you know, I think at some point they'll have to do something. They'll have to have Luchasaurus, you know, yeah. yank on the collar the, a little bit. But so <sighs> Cornette is a bad is a bad name to bring up, but like the, the reason why people were still listening to him, because he, at one point he was a genius for this business. That's, this is, this is an Al Davis, out Joe Gibbs thing here, actually in this case. And like the game has passed him by, but like he has mentioned it, like, you know, it's like a soap opera. Like there's only so many stories. Like when you look at it, it's like, as far as like, if you were to sort these stories in pro wrestling, like the, the mouthpiece slash manager slash person that can't fight for themselves gets somebody that does the fighting and then they take advantage of the person that does the fighting until the person that 
does the fighting get sick of the mouth piece. Like, that is a story as old as time. That goes back before we were born in pro wrestling. Like, it's just that hill manager with the stable of badasses or a monster. Eventually, the monster gets sick of the mouthpiece, topples him, and it moves on. It hopefully turns into a good guy and moves on from that. But I don't know. I, I just don't know how. See, there's not, I, I have to see what they do with him to spin out of this to see if this is actually even worth doing. Like, I don't know what the next step is. Maybe he'll probably even have to find another tag partner. Or faction. I think they got to add somebody else to the group, um, you know, and then like kind of break up the the dynamic kind of between them. The other person is almost like, "Hey, what the fuck is going on here?" And then like some something happens like that puts Christian and Lucerus on one side with you know whoever joins. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are saying, uh, you know, add Nick Wayne to the group and then it'll be like something Christian did in, in TNA. Um, but I, I didn't see that. Uh, so <laughs> uh, up next, it was time to slap that meat. Um, <laughs> oh, there are times in pro wrestling where oh, a match is happening and then all of a sudden a crowd starts making the match their yep. own yep yes it's not yeah. hijacking but they yeah. decide like yo this it's match ha- will well, not fail in a positive way yeah yeah like like this match will not fail meat forever big yeah. meat meat Holy slappers meat. all that stuff mm-hmm. like this was just like two dudes they were having a match, and then somewhere along the way, people were like, hey, these two big motherfuckers, why don't we just start, you know, talking about meat? And then, credit to these guys, yeah. they were like, oh, that's what's going on? That's what y'all want to say? All right, we'll make it real basic for y'all. And then, like, I think this this overachieved yeah. by a lot. Yeah, yeah. I was not expecting to enjoy it because I tend not to like the big, you know, meat matches but the second the crowd got behind it and started coming up with chant after chant after chant i just i really felt i really loved it i like was just losing it it just seemed like it must have been a really fun match to be in the crowd for you know like that's the kind of shit that like makes going to wrestling shows worth it so i'm watching this match and seeing what hobbs has done and miro have done over the last year in aw these are two people that seem like they're seem like they're not going to be la- long, like foundational pieces in AEW. Just straight up, just not not going to sugarcoat it. It seems like Miro does not want to do jobs for people or doesn't want to do programs where he's going to be made to look you know ineffective against all these smallish guys. Unless he has a story of his neck is bad, um, and then Hobbs just doesn't seem to have it. Um, it, it, it's been, you know, at different points, they've tried different things, not to say they've tried the best with him because he's working doing the QT thing, QV, QTV thing, and that absolutely sucks. Um, mm-hmm. but it just seems like the matches, his positioning, his presentation is never on, is never like hidden on all cylinders. And that's never, and it never seems to have gotten a fair shake because it, like you look at it on paper, it's like, well, nothing seems to be hidden on all cylinders. So, this is a match that happens and then match happens and I'm watching it. And I'm just like, it's so simple. You're two big wide motherfuckers with muscles go out there and hit each other hard. And they're doing all this other shit as opposed to 
like the obvious recipe and it's like what what's the mission here like y'all thought that y'all was just going like you big wide refrigerated looking motherfucker Rus- uh, Rusev <laughs> you even wider motherfucker that looks like you know the, <laughs> a black the su- superhero the su- I was going to say this I was going to say the son of Night Train Lane whatever um, <laughs> a black superhero right man. right yeah the same thing right <laughs> And y'all don't get the pro. Y'all don't get what the program like. People want to see if people want to see you have a match, and it's going to be successful. It's going to be on the, on the strength of you throw big clubs in forearms and lariats. You throw big clubs, forearms and lariats, and then y'all run into each other and make thudding, slapping noises. It's not that fucking hard. And like, grunt. Yeah, like this is not. It's not that hard. Like any any anybody that looks like Rusev or looks like um, Hobbs. That were if they were in Japan, I, it, 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 you knew immediately that was what you was gonna get. Like you're not gonna get Kensei Sasaki and uh, and Jumbo Saruta, even though the age is different, weird, whatever. It's like you're not gonna get two big motherfuckers fighting in the ring, and then all of a sudden they doing barrel dives off the apron onto the floor and all this other shit. Like no, go out there and hit each other hard in soft, in, you know, in, in soft landing places, whatever else. And then eventually the crowd was like, hey, these. We gonna give y'all the answers to the test. Yeah, like, look, here, look here, dummies. Look, look here, come here, come here, dummy. You dumbass Coca-Cola bottle. We want to see you hit him. We want to see them them hit you, Pepsi. You you hit him. Oh, okay, then did this, and then and then then it started. And then it would start. People start having fun, and then they just like, oh, they finally realize this is what we want to see the whole time. The only reason we ever want to see these two together, and then they just. You know, listen to the crowd, and then you know had their match, and it was it got so fun, it got so fun. And I just wish, like, look, if there's rematch or whatever else, do do what you guys just did. Seven minutes, that's all you get. Seven minutes, and get the fuck out of there. That's what this should have been. It went longer, and we end up getting the seven minutes and back in, but like it could have been so much more fun if it was just those the last seven minutes, and that's it. I think, I mean, you're not wrong, but if they had just, <laughs> if they had just done it right from the beginning, I wouldn't have had the exultation of realizing that the, the crowd had just changed their, like, they, they, that they had changed the direction of the match. That was so fun. I enjoyed that feeling. Like, yeah. so I'm like, no, that was, it was cool that the, the crowd reached in and was like, do it different. The oh, crowd yeah, yeah. might have, might, might have messed around and like, they they might have fucked around and given like Hobbs something like yes like, oh <laughs> yeah. I can yeah. always pull on this now yeah. and yeah. it's yeah. like a learning moment almost yeah, it, yeah. this match I I don't want to come off I don't want this to be mistaken right like this was absolutely a success mm-hmm. absolutely success this outkick this coverage for what I thought it was I thought that like these two were gonna get, go in there and it was gonna be a lot of what the beginning of the match was like. I don't know how these two are going to work with each other. I don't know if they have a clue on what, what they're supposed to be doing in there, supposed to be doing in there with each other. And I don't know if they're going to try to, you know, work with each other because Miro has, seems to have this issue with working with people or whatever else. And then they went out there and they did. And I was like, yes, thank you. Like you look, we are, we're in the middle of AEW having potential to recruit two people that I really would like to see in AEW right now. They are knocking one of the out of the park right now. Will Ospreay very well. 
uh, out of New Japan. There's one person AEW or in WWE that may be on his way out because uh, he has some weird contract stuff or whatever else. It has been resolved, and I would like him to be able to see other guys that look similar like to him and build that will be able to wrestle, and he does really well with those kind of guys. And like, hey man, I need you to have these kind of matches if you go try to recruit Drew McIntyre. Get your shit together. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. So we got a TBS title match between Chris Statlander and Ruby Soho. Um, I was praying um, that Chris Statlander would keep the the title safe from the outcasts. And my (laughs) prayers were answered. (laughs) If she had lost it to the outcasts, I like I, that might've been the last straw. like to have them (laughs) hold both titles. I've had enough. Look, that would have been it. Look, I suggest, look, I would not have been opposed to if Ruby had won and then they show up just, just for this promo, just for this promo alone. Soraya and Ruby show up on a dynamite and they pull out the green, they pull out the green, uh, shit, the green spray paint and they, and over the, and over the AEW, they act, look, they put a big ass <laughs> o over the, over the E, and it's now all outcast wrestling. I'd have been, I'd have been, just, just just for this just for the sight gag of it because every, everybody is, everybody's putting on spray paint and they just turn and they just getting rid of the E. Everyone's cut out the E. Let them cut, let them put an O around that bitch and, or on over the top of it. Everyone everyone's doing it. It's a fun thing to do right now with spray paint. I, 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 I would have enjoyed it just for the visual sight. Just yeah. just for one night only. They, they got both belts. Is a promotion. Yeah. Yeah, Chris that would have with the with the Zoolander inspired gear. I had got a no shout idea. out on Twitter from uh, I believe it was Ben Stiller. Ben got Stiller, yeah, her. yeah. Wow. I love that she keeps trying to do, or like she keeps making like a vague effort to do like a really typical women's division gimmick, and then she swerves out of there because she's really deeply weird in her heart. Like she's just <laughs> a weird tell, girl. Tell me about this. Do, do you think she's actually trying, or she's basically like, ah, uh, it'll be fun to throw it. It'll be fun to just fuck with people. I think she's just trying to fuck with people from month to month or from week to week. I, I think she's I think she's I'm made little comments before about like people trying to be like you need to get away from best friends you need to do normal girl wrestler stuff and what does that even like, mean i think you know like the really common like glittery eyeshadow and you know everybody has the same gear and everybody wrestles you know comes out on the ramp and does the same pose like she's made a couple comments in the past about like you know getting certain advice and it's like no the woman the Kristen okay. Statlander is deeply strange. Like something's not right with her, and it's amazing. <laughs> I I never really I never really saw it as a strange thing as much as just like she have seems to have a very um, dry personality. Like that matches with like someone like Trent, someone like the shtick that yeah. Orange Cassidy does. So like yeah. they may tap into the the Zoolander thing. I was unaware of that he did, but like they're not going to do that long. They're just doing it just to be like, that's one thing I'm just going to do. And then I'm going to go back to going back to kind of like what my, my, uh, my factory programming is. And then I'll just try something else again. But I, I, that's not, that's not actually a gimmick change. I, what I am is like, I am a dry, funny person. That, that's kind yeah. of, I, I think her when interviews. Say, okay, yeah, but when, when I say she's weird, I mean that extremely complimentary. Like I, to be clear, like yeah, yeah, yeah. that is yeah. big. Yeah, big. yeah, yeah. We all we all like Chris Statlander here. Yeah, <laughs> like she she throws in these lines. Like I'll never forget when she had a feud with um, what's her name, uh, the short short one. 
Lila oh, you saw when Lila she said when she was baby face. She's like, oh yeah, like you 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 were adopted and you have a terrible I attitude. And that's why, why. And, that's, and that's why you were adopted. Like, <laughs> Hold on, what the man, fuck like, is wrong with you? <laughs> it's like she'll throw these lines. I don't like, Hold on, you yeah. an asshole. <laughs> but um, I don't really have too much on the match. Just, just thank God the TBS title safe. I know. Safe. I oh. did think it was the better of the two matches that Chris and Ruby have had. Like I thought. I thought this was okay. like I think Chris is relaxed a lot. There's certain times where she gets like a little tense, and you see mm. her moving from move to move to move. But I thought that this flowed really well. I thought they both had really good chemistry. I think Chris is relaxed a lot since she came back. Okay, I um, I I was in a weird thing at halftime and going into halftime, so I was like in and out of the match. But I did notice that the crowd uh, were like biting on the near falls towards the end and got into the match in a way they weren't at the beginning. So I thought that was signs of something good. Um, I don't, but I can't give you a grade on what I thought of the match other than like, I thought they didn't have the crowd and eventually they did get the crowd. Yeah. So, um, after that, we got one of the best matches of the year. No disqualification strap match. Brian Danielson taking on Ricky Starks, 16 minutes, 39 seconds. I have not been easy on Ricky Starks uh, throughout this year. I've watched him get a lot of opportunities. I felt like he did not come through on or hold up his end of the weight or like get or he ended up in awkward situations uh, with like someone like him. So they were blaming other people for for his for like why it didn't work out for him. Then these same people that are getting the blame for why it didn't work out for him will go immediately work with some of the people else and have better results. And you're like, all right, so are we ever going to go back to Ricky Starks? And it didn't. And it's uh, maybe a him thing. No, because he's because apparently he's like untouchable because he's really great at talking on the mic. But his pro wrestling business, you have to like sell wrestling matches to resolve like to resolve stuff in. He's not good at resolving in the ring physically. (laughs) This has got to be, I think, the best match of his career. And um, I don't know. Definitely. I Mm -hmm. I don't don't know, like, you know, where this leaves him as far as like, hey, do you put him in in a main event and he can just hold his own in like a regular rules match? I didn't get that answer. But um, I did get the answer that this guy is like willing to like kind of uh, like, you know, put his heart on line for it and and go in the ring and like go to battle, which is that uh, goes a long way, uh, especially like if I, I'm not someone that thought like he was just like some pretty boy or something like that. But, you know, there are people that, that may have may have thought that or anything, but he's um he went in there with Danielson and Danielson on one day did more than CM Punk did for him in three months or more. Um, <laughs> this match, uh, if this was CM Punk versus Restarts, it would have been half as good. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's amazing how Brian Danielson once again. CM Punk ain't green no strap match. He's like in shock. <laughs> <laughs> like th- this shit would not have been anywhere as near as physical no. or um or anything like that. There would have been a lot of trickery and and, and a lot of like stuff where it's like, oh, all right, and and you know, um, Danielson, much in the story, the the um. Uh, Times a flat circle, he replaces CM Punk uh, again and does it way better. <laughs> this was a phenomenal fucking match. I went five stars on this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I was not expecting to like it because um, I'm actually not a huge Brian Danielson fan. Like, I he's fine, but like he's not someone that tends to elevate a match just because he's there for me. But something about his chemistry with Ricky was fantastic. Like, I felt like. Ricky stopped thinking about being Ricky Starks and was just in the match, which felt really good because I feel like 
you know, I'm just so conscious that Ricky's playing to cameras a lot. But, like, in this, it felt like he was, like, really in it. And he was, like, every time he got hit with that strap, I was just, like, he's really, I mean, he was, I don't know. I can't. I just thought it was, like, I thought it worked in a way that no other Ricky match has worked for me. I think that this is the best NWA ass match AEW's ever put on. <laughs> between the between the the blood brother match between Cody and um Dustin, the cage match between War or uh, yeah, Warlow and uh Cody, um these war games, I think this is the best distillation of like when they pull these sources out or whatever else. This was this was an NWA match, an eighties NWA match for me, like physical, like just felt like with the with what was coming out of what was happening to their skin, felt uncomfortable and gritty in a way that's like, yes, this company aesthetically tries to look like more and more like WWE every single month, but um, you can't fake that. In particular, like they went out there and they they literally strapped each other and tarred each other or whatever you want to call it, or just they just they just they in beat the, the skin off each other in a way that was like just you can't fake the 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 those shots. And it's like that's the reason why like you know people like Dragonov, people like Gunther, these hyper violent matches that we see in Japan all the time, why they work so well because like if you are a fan of pro wrestling, the easiest thing to do to watch to watch it. And enjoy the violence of the matches, or the the cooperation of the matches. Is like we don't run ropes, or we do that as little as possible. Ultimately, we hit each other really hard, and they hit. <laughs> and with that strap, they were able to hit each other really hard. And then the stupid thing that like Ano and Natsupoy did, um, in Stardom earlier this year, where like they did the four corner shit. They just had a match. They were happened to be attached to each other by strap at wrist, and they used that thing to wha- beat the shit out of each other with it, and. It's really believable when you know that what they're going through is actual pain as opposed to, mm-hmm. oh, it's a work punch and they're stomping the mat. Um, so it worked really well. And the interference, I thought, worked very well. Where And I thought it was, you know, great idea with the strap thing to have Ricky Starks go over the top rope so that you can get a dive from Danielson and have to worry about some weird entanglement thing between the ropes. So I thought it worked out great. Um, I think it's Ricky Starks' best match. I think for me, and Danielson did this a lot in Real Honor, so it's, it's kind of like made me think that maybe this was the case. Was like after having a re- replacement thing, is like we're gonna do a really physical match because I think a lot of people that are, I think he probably thinks a lot of people that are holding their feet out on Ricky Starks and me and you are like, you know, we don't really see the offensive the offensive repertoire of someone that can be a top star in this company. We don't necessarily see him have creative storytelling matches in that way what can we give them in a way that they can feel? And it's like, we'll make them feel like the physical visceral violence. And Ricky Stark's person that comes out in pearls, whatever else, he's he's a pretty boy. His aesthetic is a pretty boy. Not saying anything about that being a, a bad thing. We've seen some of the best stories in pro wrestling be like, the pretty boy sheds that by having a killer match with a tough, grizzled person. Triple H versus Mankind, Hell in a Cell, all that stuff over the years, right? Um... I thought this match for Ricky Starks to come out here to kind of end this reset thing with Danielson, a person that's had some of the, you know, some of those violent matches in American history, American pro wrestling history. And they got there and they have one of his most violent with that guy, even though he lost, 
he lost because he would not tap out. That I thought that you know he's in a pain. His skin is shredded and and a lot of heart. And you could see he you know his his head's like he's about to pop out pop off because of the pressure. And then he just ta- he passes out. I thought that did. I thought I thought this did more for Ricky Starks than anything other than like the MJF promo from earlier this year. Yeah. In his whole AEW career, I'm sorry. I I, I thought this was excellent. I think this is a way to, you know, relaunch him after all the setbacks he's had that are, quite honestly, those are real. So, like, when people, you know, people have these these things for him, I'm, I'm just like, yes, I acknowledge these things happen. However, I also watch his matches, and I don't think, like, if the resets didn't happen, and all of a sudden, like, we're in a alternate universe where, like, everything goes well, and he's an AEW world champion. I don't see that. I see him as a mid-card champion type of person. Um, so yeah, like, great. And it's another case of Danielson. He's wrestling the young guys and he gives them their best match. Guevara, Garcia, now Starks. Like, so like he's replacing Punk as like the quote unquote anchor guy, apparently yeah. in collision. He's going to do better than Dan- than Punk did because he actually enjoys wrestling the young guys. Yeah. And actually putting them over at some point. Yeah. Um, I think w- one thing to note was the absolute nothing that Ricky Steamboat added on commentary. <laughs> I don't know who decided to, to put Ricky hey. Steamboat on the mic, hey. but um, there was a reason they didn't do that hey. during his career. Hey, we're not going to go out here and talk about Ricky Steamboat like this. You write, you write, but you ain't got to do it. Yeah, you, let's, you, let's go. We can, can we move on? Uh, <laughs> again, this match was sensational. Yeah. Four and three quarters. Sensational. Four and three quarters go, at least. Go out of your way. I, I, I'm gonna go bash. I might like it even more. Th- this is like um, this is one of my. This, this got to be one of my 20 favorite matches in AEW this year. Easily, easily. Like this. This is a match where I think you see a guy desperate to get to another level. Um, whether that's you know I want to be a world champion. I want to be a main eventer. Uh, or I don't want to be who I was yesterday. Like Ricky Stars is not who he was yesterday. Like yeah. <laughs> after yeah. this match, yep, right, yep. yep. Up next, uh, we got the Blackpool Combat Club team of Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta taking on Eddie Kingston and Katsuyori Shibata. And I am, I, I would love to to know Leah's thoughts on the relationship between Claudio Castagnoli and Eddie Kingston. <laughs> yes, give us a car lore. <laughs> I well, I don't I don't know you know that much about like the char- Chikara stuff, but no one does. Eddie's single. <laughs> so like, if you ever hear us talk about uh, talk about like people have these you know this these histories in other places that we're not really really ready to explore, we just call it old country beef. Like that happened in a different yeah. time, different era. They they got smoke, and they and they, and they and when they see each other, they they'll they'll you know they'll sell it in front of us now. But like, I'm not about to you know I'm not necessarily going to go back over it and chart it down and mm-hmm. be like. This is what happened. Even though I, I never end up doing it with a stardom. <laughs> I just, I mean, Eddie's single-handed or single-minded like fury at Claudio honestly p- powers this entire thing for me. Like, I, I want Cla- I want 
Eddie to just continue, like, he'll never get the singles match. And he just keeps joining different factions to try to get at Claudio. Like, that would be the story <laughs> for me. <laughs> like, BCC, like, starts fighting with, like, I don't even know who next, like, whatever next. And all of a sudden, Eddie's like, buddying up club, to go, get what's in up? there. Yeah, right, right, right. He Tell just buddies up to get in there. <laughs> Eddie, you, so you say Eddie Kingston is, is the one dude on the side saying, "I'll run with y'all, 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 y'all got, y'all got five. No, like no, I'll be, no. I'll be a Eddie, fifth. Eddie Kingston cares about character. He he cares about character enough. Yeah. To like when it's someone that I hate and have a grudge with, I'm going to keep that grudge forever. It's forever hate. Yeah. Like I will not. One thing I will not put up with. I will not see Eddie Kingston hanging out with Jay White under any circumstance after what's happened <laughs> no, in the last he... year and eight in, in New Japan. Absolutely <laughs> the fuck not. He hates that guy too. But he, the thing he, is that he could sell it to you. He could sell it to you. He could get into a promo no, backstage no. and he's just going, listen, I had to decide whether I was going to stand with Jay White or I was going to stand with Claudio. You know what? I fucking hate Claudio. And he'd look you in the, the look camera and he'd tell it to you and he'd believe it. You'd like, wow, he hates Claudio that much that he's willing to put up with Jay White. Like, I, I lose respect. I, Eddie I need, can I, sell I you need, anything. I need, I, need, I need him to hate both of them forever. Like it needs, it's, it's, no, no, I, I can't be one of well, the other facing the world. I can't. I, it, it's no lesser evils. They're all evil. They're all Satan. <laughs> They're all Satan. And there's only one Lucifer. Can't do it. In my in my fantasy booking, it would fall apart in the match. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, fair enough. <laughs> It, it'll fall apart the same way like BCC fell apart in, in war in war games. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. You, you outsource and you outsource you outsource and smoke. You can't you can't do that. You gotta have people that really really get really foot soldiers in this fight, not people that just like in here just half footed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Look, we, look, we didn't see Eddie join the elite before to, to fight these boys. <laughs> so. But that's different. He was fighting them at that point because Moxie was fighting them. Yeah. 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 Amazing, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Casper is about to slap the shit out of uh, Willow Yuta in I this match. It. I loved it. I I messaged Rich before the match. It's like, bro, Shibata's gonna hit Yuta so hard, and I can't fucking wait. <laughs> That's all I say. He's just gonna blast this man, and sure enough, uh, do you, so. Have you ever seen? Have you seen any of the Shibata stuff before? Like from New Japan before this AEW Ring Honor stuff. No, I, I met him when he came in to fight uh, OC, I think. Okay, okay. So, like, he was, like, he's one of the better wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. And uh, he had the weird brain injury thing or whatever else. But, like, I'm, I'm no matter, anything brain he removed. does, serious, don't do, we're going to have to explain that. Or, no, she, maybe, she, she listens to Melzer. No, she, actually, no, she doesn't. I do, she doesn't. yeah, I yeah. do, know. Like, Melzer <laughs> claims that, like, all, like, when he had the, the brain surgery, like, the, the, this man Meltzer said that like they removed his brain and then put it back. That's not that's not how cerebral cortexes work, Meltzer. No, no, Dave. No, absolutely the fuck not. And it has been a running gag every single time we bring up Shibata. Like most, you know, Meltzer said they just they just pulled out the, they just pulled out the memory card, blew on it, and then plugged it right back in, and it worked. Treated like a Nintendo game. Yeah, a PlayStation memory card, or whatever. The whole eight bit, the whole eight megabytes. But yeah, so. It's just uh, I, I love the match and it was really fun and like it was just it was just a basic like it felt like a road to tag match, a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the finish was like kind of like came out of nowhere almost. Uh, you know, lose to a, you going to jail now uppercut after uh, lots of Yurkins like you know yep. thrown everywhere. Eddie Kingston's running wild and he just catches it and it's like oh wow it's over. Um, I. I 
I guess that's the finish that makes sense here, unless you were going to beat Will Uta again, but they've been beating him a lot lately, lately I guess. So, um, obviously, uh, the smoke look, is not he, settled. Look, he pinned Kenny Omega, so like that should be enough to that should be enough to keep him warm for the winter. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of people doing that lately. So, um, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who hasn't pinned Kenny lately? Yeah. Um, not seeing Punk. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and on that note, um, so up next we got Don Callis uh, and Kanosuke Takesha uh, taking on Kenny <sighs> Omega. And man, it's a match I was waiting for for a very long time. Um, what did what did you think of this one, Leah? Loved it from the moment that Kenny came out in his DDT trunk or uh, colors. I was like, "This is going to be special," and it was. Like he, I mean, the two of them really went at it. And like, I they got me a couple things where I was, was a couple times where I was so certain it was over. Like it was just that you know it's stupid, but like he's the best wrestler of our age. Like he's just so good. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. I saw the DDT colors and I was like. Oh, some shit's about to happen here. Um, mm-hmm. Takesha, I think they got to get him some some heel music. We got to bring him to the heel music maker and um, the the evil music maker and basically <laughs> um, and, and hook him up a little bit. But um, I thought this was phenomenal. Um, I'm I'm waffling on five stars on this one. Uh, I, I think you know I'm I'm like right there. So like you know four point seven five plus whatever. Um, I thought this was the quite frankly the biggest win that a Japanese wrestler has ever had in, in an American promotion. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. That's probably right. Um, people will Singles throw match, Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura and people will throw Shinsuke Nakamura winning the Royal Rumble at me. I'll say, what did it lead to? And then <laughs> this one, um, beating Kenny Omega in this match, absolutely clean. We know Oscar don't got to win like this. Like, <laughs> what, 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 what are we talking about? We're going to have to go back to Giant Baba and, and, and stuff like that, getting wins and stuff. Like, nah, man. Like, this is one of the biggest wins. And I talked about how important it would be to establish Kanosuke Takeshita in the way that no other Japanese wrestler has, has ever been given the chance to uh, in America that's staying. You get this guy square in the middle of his prime, even kind of before his prime begins. And they're putting the wheels in motion with him. Um, I thought this was sensational bell to bell. This felt like a you know a big time <laughs> DDT match <laughs> or or big time New, New Japan match. Um, this was like uh, Kenny Omega came out, plenty of love from the crowd, not a boo in sight. No, uh, just amazing. Um, and I th- I thought these guys beat the shit out of each other. They were fast, fluid, crisp. This was just this was RLPW, and it was just like. Um, Seeing like you know, uh, can you make it put that man over? Absolutely clean. This is how you you put somebody over. Not like you know getting rolled up by the ropes uh, while they're cheating and and all this other stuff. Like no, this is it. Like, yeah. um, and it's like all right, could Kenny Omega like be maximizing more of like you know himself selfishly right now? Sure. Um, and would I like that to happen? Kind of, but I you know, he's a champion instead right now. But whatever. yeah, but if they're doing this thing and they're committing to it, like that tells me, like, that there's like something long term in mind. And Kanosuke Takeshi getting this win now, 
I I feel like you can put the world title on this man, like at at uh, at some point at least. Like you know, he had to match with MJF earlier this year. It, they it would really be, have to like. Go ahead. I would say it wouldn't be a bad idea seeing MJF is now a babyface, and like now you have to look at like what does the hill like who who does hill opponents be, and like. Yeah. All right, like he's going to get to Swerve. I think Swerve doesn't have a big signature win. Takesha does, right now. Um, yeah. It, or Moxley is obviously a heel, but he's the Intercontinental, or Intercontinental International Champion, so he's kind of out the picture. And also, they don't really do rematch. You know, title predecessor versus successor rematches for the the belt in AEW like that. Um, so that's out the way. Um, so yeah. It, it would be a it would be a place to to look for a you know challenger. I just don't like the idea of doing the catch MJF again after MJF went out there and pulled a racism. So gotta be careful with that. Yeah, about that. Yeah, about that. I mean, I don't. He was trying. I you know, he. I I really think he was trying to do like give Takeshita something, and he you know he failed at it. But I don't. I don't like. I think sometimes people are like a little. A little hard on that. I think he was trying to say, like, give Takeshita a chance to refute some of the shit that was being said on Twitter. And, you know, it. I, I don't think it ended up working in the long run. But, like, I would like to see MJF and Takeshita have a long feud. That, like, I think I think it could really get good. Put, putting Don opposite MJF, too, that might be very entertaining. Um, well, that's the only know, way that, it would work because they have to do the talking. Yeah. So, um I, I think you shoot Takesha to the moon uh, after this and, and don't waste this much in a way like don't waste, you know, what uh, what Ricky did here. This is the same situation. This is like putting somebody on the map and um, <laughs> what a fucking match. Phenomenal work Own the building. It, you know, uh, United Center ain't seen greatness like this since the 98 finals. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, up next. I, I mean, uh, I mean, they've they seen a lot of LeBron James over the years, but, you know, <laughs> I, I guess you mean like at the home building or whatever. I don't know. But yeah. yeah uh, anyway. Um, yeah. I thought, it, I thought it was a great match. I'm at four, three quarters on it or whatever else. And I'm sure I like, I, like, I would like it more rewatch. I like to call it back to the screwdriver with Callis and Osprey from, from Indoor too. So yeah, I, I enjoyed the match a lot. Um, and Takeshita, like, you know, big win. So I'm really interested to see what they do with it. Is there a rematch where Kenny gets the win back? I hope it's not anytime soon. I hope it's like next year or something like hey, that. Maybe maybe he beats Takesha for the title or something eventually. That's what I'm thinking. Like I'm yeah. thinking like you made yeah. Takesha like a transitional champion to get it back to Kenny without having to do it to Kenny and MJF because apparently like looking at actions and not words. How many years has it been? And like they have never interacted at all. So, yeah, and quite frankly, I've said this for years now. I don't want to see him, Jeff Russell, uh, Kenny Omega. I want those two, like two different, two different like philosophies on, on what the pro wrestling is. I don't, I don't want to see something in the middle. I'm good. I'm good. You do what you do. You do what you do separately, segregated. Fine, whatever. Um, eight man tag match: Bullet Club Gold of Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. One Nation Radio again, again. Rooting for eight for uh, segregation. Did it again. I've done it again. I keep it segregated. Why do I keep doing this on the show? What is wrong with me? So, so, so I think um, here's to the plan. Some of the questions, Separate them. Make it equal. To, though. To, to answer some of the questions in the um, in the comment section, 
I think the only thing that would make me not want to say it is because I feel like that shit would be like cornetism overload. Um, and it would just be some of the just most dreadful promos I think we might ever hear in the history of, of wrestling. Um, Seamus <laughs> Nova says, James, you don't want to see the one wing angel versus the devil. No, take it to the E. <laughs> Oh, so uh, against the the super team of FTR and the Young Bucks, man. And I, you know, I had this idea in in some group chats. I think FTR should have wore the tassels. They should, they should (laughs) have, they should have dressed like, like the Young Bucks, you know, and maybe, maybe they would have won here. Uh, I was kind of disappointed uh, in FTR took, took the fall here. Um, What what do you make of of FTR and the, and the Young Bucks having to team up? Is, is Is this weird for you, Leah? It is, but like, <laughs> I kind of think it's like FTR's making a statement. I thought they were, where they were like, you know, we ain't that close to see. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right, that's exactly it. So I thought last week that they were being like, we ain't that close to see him. You, if he, if he's dragging everybody down, but don't worry about it. We're we're in with tight with the young bucks. But then this whole match with the the crossed arms and him no like kind of no selling the BTE trigger like doing the like yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. I was kind of like, oh, you still want to be in my bad graces. Oh, you don't you don't <laughs> want me to you don't want me to give you even a little bit of uh attention, do you? Just fucking jerks. So um I requested this when I saw it. I've yet to have my my request answered. So like normally when it comes to like uh making, you know, funny memes or whatever else i normally send it to dan coffin or zach porter and they you know they have a quick turnaround they're they're, they're great with it right um unfortunately it wasn't wasn't able to be done for me so one of the one of the people that are in the chat i would like for you to create something for me that picture of ysl cash um with the cm punk you know double fist can y'all photoshop guns in his hands please for me and send it to me <laughs> and just at just, just just you know put guns in the in the joints and then like just send it to me so i can just keep that one in in the cap in the memes in the meme it bank forever. Like appreciate you <laughs> whoever makes it appreciate it. just at me james cash boy take, at james boy 87 on twitter cash took the pinfall in this match and um much like real life he was having trouble with guns um <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> He, um, I'm more upset that I didn't see that one coming. Normally, I, I, I should have seen that one coming. Damn it. You know, the, the guns were in there with Cash, and Cash froze. Didn't didn't know how to react uh, with the guns in front of him, and the, the guns were able to get the better of Cash and put Cash away and ensure Cash would be going home uh, with defeat. They... they he so, saw the guns and he froze. <laughs> they sub- the guns subdued the t- never mind. Anyway, so <laughs> is this start of the punishment? Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. I, I, I mean, like, I did, you know, it had to give him the yeah. big win there he, or whatever else. Um, I don't feel like FTR is long for these belts. Um, no, they mm. they got the the win over the Bucks already. They had uh, pretty much a, a summer on collision uh, with the belts. So, um, I f- uh, I Bullet like Club Gold. Ju- Those guys are getting way more over. I think Juice is like tapping into something like this. Like uh, he's kind of like reborn. 
for a few years kind of wrote Juice Robinson off uh, after few? thinking he was. I can tell yeah. you when I wrote his ass off. When, <laughs> when was uh was that Dominion 2019? That match with Moxley 2019. That was like the last time I I, I like. Like he got swallowed inside of the aura of John Moxley. John Moxley never returned. Was like the was like the Monstars in in Space Jam and took his powers after he beat his ass in that match. And I got to say, like uh, Juice gave us everything. He jumped off the balcony and did a, did that dive off the balcony um, through Moxley on that table lost. And then he basically like like most things that happened that were going well in 2019, it just transitioned to 2020. And then all of a sudden just bad things kept happening once 2020 came around and it kept getting worse and darker and, and sadder and bleaker for him and his prospects like much of the world during the pandemic. And I was like, damn man, what's happening? And it seemed like that dude was just like, he seemed directionless, rudderless. They turned him heel. Didn't work. Didn't seem to know what he wanted to do. And then he ends up here. He's a new lease on life, and like the juice that everybody liked, you know, from two thousand, you know, seventeen, eighteen, or whatever else, nineteen is like kind of back, but as a heel, and like he's just just a ball of charisma, and the flamboyance is there, and like he's wrestling his ass off now, and like he's in there with Jay White, and Jay White, and AW is on his best behavior. Um, yeah, so like I'm really in. I'm I I they wrestled their asses off. That's all I want out of him. That's all I want out of Jay White. Cut the bullshit heel stuff out. Wrestle. He, that's what he does in these tags. So he's been great in AEW. Since day um, one. That match with Trini had uh, last year was great. Yeah. Yeah. The reactions to the Young Bucks in this. Um, it caught a little bit of shit and then quickly turned it around, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was... There were, I believe, there were Crimea River chants uh, yes. during this match, <laughs> uh, which were, was quite amazing. And all all it takes is like, man, like they went down quick in, in their hometown. Like they, they, the the CM Punk fan army, they they just, I can't believe they 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 allowed this to happen to them in his own house. <laughs> I know Big CM wasn't watching the show. There's, I I actually I actually don't know that. Yeah, how mad do you think Big CM was that there was no hijacking going on? How I mad do you think furious. those fans were? Because there, there was a young furious. lady that was sitting front row <laughs> that was that was doing the double birds at Hangman Page, um, and not as he was donating time. money off to kids, bro. It was like the worst <laughs> combo of all. Like you know, if you're a hardcore CM Punk fan and you think he was done wrong here, and this 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 was like the worst outcome, like this show. You get a fucking all time show in Chicago, no hijacking. He's not involved. No one's thinking about him, and it's it's almost like he never happened. The young bucks out here, they have this look on their faces that they come out to the ring with, and it's like, and the the way they're wrestling as well. It seems like they're unlocked. Like they haven't been this happy in years. It was like <laughs> you could see a black cloud being removed from over the top of their heads. I was. It was just like, oh, like I think the Bucks. Like I think they're unlocked again. <laughs> On collision, when Matt was running victory laps around the ring, I was losing it. Yeah, I absolutely think they're unlocked. <laughs> Definitely, Sean. Guys, that's a, that. Sean and Triple H did that that one time. Remember that. They ran me yep. laps. Yep. 
Um, but FTR taking the pin here. I don't know where it goes from here. Um, but fun party match. Yeah. Really, really good between you know yeah. the, the the two matches um, that that sandwiched uh, here. So uh, hey, without further ado, in, to okay. my knowledge, FTR and Young Bucks when they tag together, they don't miss. Yeah, quadru- remember, they've, had two, um, they've had two quadra matches. And they've all been yeah. they've all been at least great. The match they had with uh was it Lucha Bros they were with? It was Lucha Bros and Butcher and the Blade. Yeah, that match is way better, but this match is fun as hell still. Yeah. Uh up next, our main event, John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy for the International Championship. And man, this felt big. Yeah. Pre-match ring walks. Uh, Leah, you got a big smile on this. I'm going <laughs> to hand this off to you. This was the one I was waiting for. This was the one I was so excited for. I actually couldn't watch the um, pay-per-view live, so I like deleted almost everything off my phone because I didn't want to be spoiled for it until I had a chance to watch it. I was like, the oh, if someone... I set my like status on Discord to be like, I haven't watched it yet. Do not, do <laughs> not at spoil me. me. <laughs> do not. <laughs> Uh, I was just so excited. I had a feeling he was going to lose it because that promo he gave was like, it was a perfect promo, but it was, it did feel like a goodbye promo um, on Dynamite. So I had a feeling he was going to lose it, but I was just hoping that he would come out of it looking like as good as he deserved. Cause like that was an all time reign. And so I just wanted that match to go well. I wanted him to like come off of it like looking like somebody who could have beat Mox and he did. I mean, I think Mox sold for him like crazy. I think like his thing where he just, he just kept getting up when nobody expected him to until the last final one. I think he, he, I think he deserves all of the flowers that he's been getting. Um, I, I think this is like one of the most important matches in the history of AEW. Um, for Orange Cassidy to come from, uh, you know, and still have a lot of these, you know, preconceived notions about him being a meme wrestler and, um, you know, doing a lot of comedy stuff. And this guy's been like a shining beacon of pro wrestling consistency and ex- excellence this entire year, going back to last year and pretty much since he's been in the promotion. And he's rose up and it's like, are you going to give new people chances or not? Orange Cassidy's not the youngest guy in the world, but he's a new star relative to the landscape of pro wrestling. Um, and this is his first like career main event. And when guys get their first career main events, I think that is always something to pay attention to because it's like a taste and it is almost like, damn, I want to stay here. And Moxley and, and, and Cassidy and, and Moxley's role in this is so important because it's like, yeah, you're winning. Yeah, you could have ate this guy up. You could have you're you're John, you're gonna be John Moxley no matter what happens in this match. If it goes bad, they're not blaming you. Like if it goes good, like you're probably gonna pick up a lot of the credit too. Um, but they beat the holy living shit out of each other. Cassidy was a bloody mess, and this just felt like a crystallization of like, yo, they elevated this belt, they elevated this guy, Orange Cassidy, to where like he's gotten a uh, AW title shot before, but you think he can win this time and you think he can actually like do it and it would be fine. And about like 75% through the match, I was like, all right, man, put orange Cassidy over. Like this building will like come unglued. Like people will like fall out of the, their seats um, down, you know, in, in, in the stadium or whatever. He didn't end up winning, but this was like <laughs> a similar match almost to um, like Moxley and Wheeler Yuta. 
but this was just even better than that. And this was yeah. just like um Moxley once again stepping in where where others have failed. Um <laughs> and, and you know, being I, I talked about that consistency with, with uh Cassidy. Our, John Moxley is everything you want in a pro wrestler, I think. Um he's dedicated, he's driven to be great, produces, and this is like you know, you made this belt where the TNT belt has failed. The international belt has now succeeded. And you got like, you got some special shit with that. A lot of work has been done with this. And <laughs> there, there are people that call themselves career rivals of John Moxley that had did not work with John Moxley as good as Orange Cassidy did here. So for me, the feeling of watching this match and John Moxley being inevitable and Orange Cassidy, despite that, still fighting his ass off until the bitter end, is it's a tale as old as time. But it's why I love her wrestling. Like whether it's Gunther versus Tyler Bate or um it's Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. Just the 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 Rocky Rocky uh <laughs> oh my god um sorry uh Rocky versus Ivan Drago. It's a story of like I I'm in here with with something that's overwhelming. I know I'm not gonna win or. My my eyes are against me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna fight and I'm gonna see. And it was just great. And at the end, it, it felt a lot like it's inevitable or whatever else. But like you saw one of the best matches the promotion is gonna put on this that year. And you know it's a heartbreaking type of you know decision to get rid of one of the best reigns this country's ever seen in major American wrestling. Um, but is going to a great place and you see at the end, they, they leave the cameras on. So you, you can see the crowd give orange Cassidy is, you know, adulation, um, for the title reign. And then like, in that instance, like I thought to myself, like in a weird way, like this kind of felt like in it, like peak in a peak NXT takeover where it's like, this person was a champion. They lost the belt. That means they're going up to the main roster. Except we now have like this alternative reality where it's like, yeah, that's over. This person now gets to move on and continue to still do great work as opposed to being going to the main roster and, and stuck in creative hell. And being, <laughs> it's like the end of their movie. Right. And like in that way, I just like. I was good on it. It's like, yeah, it sucks to see Orange Cassidy lose it, but you know, ultimately it's time for Moxley and, or someone else with it as you know, that can take it, you know, take the baton where he took it, took it. Um, and like, I know that like orange cats is going to be cool. Like going forward, as opposed to like so many of our heroes in the movie kept dying after they would get to the main roster, after leaving XT and have, you know, so I'm just, uh, so I'm, 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 I'm good. It's like, we get this place now where 
these people, these characters that we care about can continue on with their careers um, across multiple shows now because there's no brand split, no soft brand split. And you see them still doing great work as opposed to, you know, when we see like the people that would have been in NXT, if sorry, it would have been AEW if AEW had started five years earlier, four years earlier, three years earlier. And, you know, their their careers are kind of being lost in the muck of the machine. Um, So yeah, like, I'm good, and I'm glad this place exists after watching that show, and also off the high of watching Florida State beat the fuck out of LSU, but it was like, <laughs> this is an all-time night for me as a fan. Um, you know, like, me and you were on this early, but Orange Cash, like, it's same thing with Darby. Y'all are saying this dude is too small, or isn't this a legit wrestler. That dude is a brilliant storyteller in the ring. And this matches. The number one is now his top his top example of it. Um, so really happy for him. Um, and those and you know always with AEW, with 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 AEW related stuff and one H radio like we were right on if we're right on something early, we're gonna be insufferable about being right. Sorry, <laughs> we were all, all of you motherfuckers are like this is goofy chance? cosplay wrestling. That's a storyteller at heart. You are just too caught up in you are just too caught up on the book on the cover of the book to worry about what was in the pages. Y'all are assholes. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, like this was sensational. Um, like I, I've I, funny. Bruhaven says OC is old school. That's something I said on this show. Um, Rich, almost like about the uh, I said it about the young bucks. I said it about Orange Cassidy. Like these are some of the most old school guys there are. Um, <laughs> right. That's the reason why I'm like, what don't you get? They're telling, they're telling, they're not even telling stories. They're telling stories so old they're parables. Like that match that Orange Cassidy had for the international title in Detroit versus uh, Ethan Page. That was Hogan Andre. I said to you at the time he was doing Hogan Andre with a comedy uh, uh, with a comedy twist to it because he, he does comedy wrestling, like but he's a guy in there with someone way bigger than him and he's trying to body slam him and he keeps failing and eventually he's gonna hit the body slam and the crowd's gonna erupt. He's playing he's playing classic not even not only just classic American like the classic of some people that say that this isn't this promotion doesn't tell stories like this is this is a love letter this is a co- comedy love letter to. One of the biggest drawing matches in the history of American pro wrestling. You fucking dopes. He didn't realize this. <laughs> He's doing this shit under your nose as you're saying he doesn't know, understand wrestling. He understands him better than you do. It's amazing, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's AEW All Out 2023. A great show. A great, oh, great show. It's my second favorite show of the year. Night. It's like my second favorite show night. of the year, and if it's your favorite it, show of the year, I have no, I have no disagreement with you because I didn't. I was, I was halfway paying attention, halfway paying attention. And I still loved it. It's like a, the <laughs> the dark cloud was removed uh, from the company. The wrestlers that were wrestling to send a message, and I think it was a party on a timeline. Unlike you know, even like <laughs> even yeah. like last week, it, you know, even for a long time, like it's it, it, you know, I talked about catharsis um, earlier. Like you just kind of see it in the performances and. There are like like Tony Khan in the um in the presser. He was in there smiling it up, yucking it up. He knew what, what happened. Like he yeah. knew like that he you know he took that weight off his neck. That albatross, that shit is gone. And yeah. um, 
I, I'm ready to to get back to um, analyzing this promotion and being excited. What's next on screen? Uh, because you know, look, we can do all the stuff like as far as like people people like to watch it. Uh, you know, we we like to talk about it because like you know sometimes following the the backstage stuff you can get lost in that and then like you just kind of get frustrated and and you don't like you kind of lose like what you're saying like you know I feel like you know we can keep doing this but I prefer to talk about like the wrestling promotion that I have loved since it since its inception like for what they did on the screen and then like being right about that and them continuing to prove like the the naysayers wrong and and like the uh you know we talked about like the fan base like having one fucking like you know direction almost like just it's like this overall mission of the promotion like it's like the revolution whatever like keep that shit up like the the bickering the infighting the split in the fan base that shit was never smart it, it was that shit was dumb and uh, i'm glad that shit is like a thing of the past almost because it's like yo there's another two-hour show on a saturday night if i ain't doing nothing at the crib like i don't want to kind of be actively discouraged from watching it kind of right and um you know I I, I, I I gotta say rich like you know tony khan at like 5 p.m he 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 got me to tune in the collision it was my fourth amazing. time ever tuning in to watch for yeah. fourth time ever in to watch collision at eight o'clock for, for fourth time ever it's like they 12th yeah. show yeah. you know, it was the first it, time i was tempted yeah i mean you know, like it's it, and you know, like it wasn't like a situation where, like, I, you know, I still like CM Punk, or whatever else, wherever he still does, whatever. But like, it just the show wasn't getting my it. Like, I had other things in life that I felt that I had, you know, more things pressing going on. It was like I'm not. It's on the it's on the hard drive to watch, but it's backlog with like the other hundred things I got to watch from pro wrestling I haven't watched over last year. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but um, I think that's it. Leah, thank you for joining <laughs> us this evening. We'll have to do it again. Yes. And um, please uh, let the people know uh, where they can reach you if they, they want to listen to your show and, <laughs> and everything like that. I'm a little bit of a cryptid, so you can only reach me on the Tunnel Talk pod Twitter. Um, we are a Sunday pod. We are a bunch of English majors who come at wrestling from that uh, viewpoint. So uh, if you're interested in only critiquing the story beats of a match <laughs> for your podcast. But I had a blast. Thank you guys for inviting me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And we'll have to have one of you guys on and make you uh, analyze it our way at some point. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was telling Leah before the show, I was like, yeah, man, like in another universe, I was like, like Tunnel Talk could be like One Nation Radio. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I felt like there was like a lot of like... I, I, I think it might be a situation where it's like, is One Nation Radio who weren't jaded by like, you know, the carnage of pro wrestling over our, over 35 <laughs> years of, of watching pro wrestling. <laughs> like, I, I know, like, I get the same thing with Sir Sam, because Sam, you know, Sam is very, you know, English lit type or whatever else it is, but it's like, I I get what you're saying. Yeah. I've watched this business my like two thirds of my entire life. I know what you're saying and what you're thinking. That's not what's going to happen. 
Don't let this happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> don't let this don't don't let them make you a fool. <laughs> but yeah, um, but it, it, like I said, it, it was it was a pleasure uh, having you on great. and um, it, check out Tunnel Talk. I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, it's it's just it's so great. Like I just start dying laughing. So um, <laughs> like what? Yeah, the great show. Um, but yeah, James, t- take us up out of here, man. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to the show, y'all. That's the end. Um, be sure to raise more app you're using to listen to this with. Um, if you want to donate, you can go to the show notes in the podcast description and go to the link uh, that's from Red Circle. Um, and also be sure to listen to other shows on the network. Besides Money Shredder, you have Keeping a Strong Style, The Rick and Clive Wrestling Show, Grown Men Watch This Shit. It is now racing when you get my show notes. Um, 8 Big Suplex, The Grave Consequence Podcast. All things elite, great mass generator. Get in the ring, meet the press slam, and the wrestling disaster. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Seth Rollins needs to stop stealing moves from Japanese wrestlers if he's gonna do them way worse. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>